welcome to volume 83 of the Bodega Border Crew podcast. Thanks for tuning in, downloading, streaming, however you're listening to this thing. I'm glad you guys are around. Uh, glad to have you guys as an audience and uh, hopefully you'll dig what we have. But let's start this episode off with a little housekeeping. This is the Bodega Border Crew podcast. Make sure to check us out on Instagram at Bodega Border Crew. Make sure to check out our website, bodegabordercrew.com. We have t-shirts, we have zines. Uh, we have a bunch of other stuff, uh, blog entries, that kind of thing, videos. Um, also, make sure to check out the episode description on your iTunes player or player of choice for links to things that we're talking about and uh, track list things. So yeah, it's another episode. Glad that you have um, the time to spend with us. Glad I'm able to do this. I know surf-wise, it's been a little funky out there. It's fucking cold as shit in Southern California. And I know coming from someone who's originally from New York, that's kind of a little ridiculous, but I've lived here for 10 years officially, and I cannot stand the cold. I think I went surfing last week at church, and for the first time ever down here, my feet were actually frozen and it took about an hour for them to defrost. And I've never experienced that down here. So it was such a trip. Anyway, I hope you guys are scoring. I know that on the East Coast, there's been some really good waves. I'm hoping that it warms up a little. I was a little lazy this morning. It was a little too cold. I was supposed to go surfing with some friends and I was like, you know what? It's a little too windy. It's a little too cold for me. I'm not doing it. Um, also, it wasn't worth the cold. Uh, but yeah, it's been kind of fun out there whenever you can get it. I had a little fun session at Oceanside last week, which is, you know, when the tide's fat, that's where you go around here. So that kind of thing. But anyway, let's get to the nitty gritty of what this episode's about. So on this episode, we have one of my favorite people, one of my favorite artists, Mr. DJ Javier. Uh, connected with him years ago. Have a lot of similarities, believe it or not, um, being first generation Americans uh, here. Uh born to immigrants that came from somewhere that they need to escape and make a better life for their kids and here we are and uh, so I got to sit down with him while he was uh, down south in San Clemente working on a project so that was really good also have a little thing that I'm going to talk about um, I guess it's like wave picking and learning about waves you know I've had a lot of conversations in the lineups with friends of mine about We'll be sitting in the lineup and I'll say, well, I think the water's going to come this way and it's going to do X, Y, and Z. And they're like, well, how do you know this? Well, I'm going to kind of tell you how I know all these things. And it's not the end all be all, but it's my uh, own perspective and my own knowledge that I've gotten over the years. We also have a couple of short takes and the short takes we have uh, this episode are a clip I found of Andy Niblis, which I think is like really amazing. Uh, this thing of uh, Kirk Putnam talking about his MPE P40 model. Uh, it's a Kirk Putnam uh, famous for working on a lot of hulls, uh, working with you know Andrini and a bunch of other people. So uh, there's something really cool. And a video uh, created by Lost Not Found Magazine with uh, Johnny the Ripper, as he's known on Instagram. And I thought it was really cool. I also like their content, but we'll get a little bit more in depth with that. This episode theme-wise, you know, it's kind of, it's on a downer a little bit, uh, just because we lost someone who in the hip hop community is very important and someone who's very influential. And that's uh, David Turgoy, you know, plug two from uh, De La Soul. And it's really sad because they're just about to have their catalog release. And I forgot who it was who posted the Instagram post or the Twitter post about that, there's an opportunity for us as fans 
to flood the Billboard Top 10 with De La Soul albums and singles the day that the catalog is released. And that's something I recommend everybody do. Look, these artists have really paved the way for a lot of people and, you know, buy the music and uh, support these these artists. But we lost Dave and it's a real bummer. But because of that, I was really inspired to do a Native Tongues themed episode. If you don't know what the Native Tongues are, the Native Tongues originally started out as three groups. Jungle Brothers, De La Soul, and A Tribe Called Quest. And then they had all these other affiliated groups like Moni Love, Queen Latifah, Black Sheep, Shieli. And there was also like the Fushnikins were kind of in there. It's like a little bit of that kind of thing. I was introduced to them, and I'm so lucky for this opportunity. I was introduced to them by my friend Ray Matei. Ray Matei was a skateboarder I grew up with in Brooklyn, New York, and he had moved out to Long Island, to Uniondale specifically. And I remember one of the first times I went out there and visited him with a couple of my friends we went to some kid's birthday party who we had no fucking idea who this kid was. We were just like, oh, it's some fucking rich kid. He has a bunch of ramps in his backyard, blah, 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 or in his cul-de-sac rather. And it winded up being John Buscemi's 14th birthday party. And it was really cool because when we wrote, drove up to there or skated up to there rather, because I think at that time, I mean, we were 14. I think our raised dad dropped us off. or something. I can't even remember how we got there. But I heard this music that was like, hip-hop that I had never heard of before you know I had grown up on a lot of like really gritty New York City Brooklyn hip-hop at that time from when I was like you know 11 years old till that age I mean three years or whatever but that's what I was listening to and I heard Tribe Called Quest for the first time and Ray Matei and John Buscemi turned me on to the whole native tongues thing because I think it was Ray went to school with one of the guys from Leaders of the New School, which is the group that Busta Rhymes used to be in. And he was they were also kind of pulled into this Native Tongues thing. And it changed my life because I, from that day on, I was like a tribe head. Like I was like so into them and I was into every side project and everything. And really, it was music that like just resonated with me. So this episode, uh, Memory of Dave, and also just something, you know, I've wanted to do for a while. This is a Native Tongues inspired episode. These aren't the best tracks in the world. They're not the worst. They're kind of, some of them are deeper cuts. Uh, some of them are ones that you recognize. Obviously, we're starting out with the De La Soul song. And just going to kind of go and roll through the tracks and hope you guys dig it. So why don't you just sit back, relax, listen to some Native Tongues mastery, and uh, check in with you guys in a little bit. Peace. I want you to give me a call on area code 215-222-4209, and I'm calling in reference to the music business. Thank you. to you.
machine that can talk to you. It goes, hey, how you doing? Sorry I can't get through, but leave your name and your number. And I'll get back to you. Yo, check it. Exit the old style into the new. But nothing's new by being hawked by you. Or should I say a flock? Because around every block there's Harry, Dick, and Tom with a demo in his back. Now I'm with helping those who want to help themselves and flaunt a nut that's doggy as a go. But it's not the move to hear the tales of limousines and pals of money they'll make like a pro. I be like, yo, black is claiming a tape. Well, actually, show the time is fair, I just make. But the songs created in they shacks be so wick, wick, whack. Situations like this, I now hate to give me smiles. Cool, lady, wide and ass. And with the straightest face, I be like, hell yes. Let's yes, yes, them the yes, yes. pop a Prince Paul, so I don't go a war, but yet I know when they call, they get. Hey, how you doing? Sorry you can't get through. Why don't you leave me and your number, and I'll get back to you. Hey, how are you doing? Sorry you can't get through. Why don't you leave your name and your number, and I'll get back to you. Check it out. Party after talking on Dixon Ave. are funny so I make like the bunny jet but I'm getting used to this more abuse getting raped and giving birth to a tape cause there's no escape from the clutches of a hawker attached to my success sent like a stalker make way to my radius playing fly guy try to get my back they force like Luke Scott me myself and I go to this act daily and really do I not no matter how I dodge some jackal always nails me no matter what the plot and even out on tour they be like yo I gotta take the player back at the hotel I be like oh spell Unveil the numeric code that guides my room And tell them to call me at noon But of course there's no answering machine in my room But a pretty young girl who I swung on tour And if the rings my whip alone She'll answer the phone And with the quickness she'll recite like a poem Hey, hey, you done did the right thing Dial up my ring ring Now you're waiting on the beat Say, I would love if you sing a tune the true Instead of fronting on the street So no problem, just play your demo And at the end it's breakout time Rewind, Cause I'll just lay it down the line Hey, how you doing? Sorry you can't get through Why don't you leave your name and your number And I'll get and back, I'll to get to you. back to you Hey, how you doing? Sorry you can't get through Why don't you leave your name and your number And we'll get back to you
brother, brother, Lucy and you're like no other. Listen very close, cause I don't like to boast. Instead, I tell the tale of the French who prevailed. Through the Mr. Crazy Rabbits who were always on his tail. Rent ain't on sale, your roomie starts to wail. Get caught with stolen goods, then you will go to jail. If you go to jail, then who will pay the bail? They'll put you back to France on a ship with a sail. Escargo, Lucy and you eat snails. Hey, yo, Tim, what's wrong with snails? From the Zulu nation, from a town called Paris. Yeah. Came to America to find liberty. Uh-huh. Instead of finding pleasure, all your family's misery. But listen, Lucy, and you have a friend in me. Oh, luck, luck will drive your butt batty. Next time you fix some wheels, make it a caddy. In terms of doing good, I know you wish you really could. But listen, brother man, I really think you can. Succeed with the breed of the brothers who you're back. It's the creme de la creme. And you can vouch for that, it'll take a minute, rice. So take my advice. Trust in us, thus you trust in your life. Lucy and Lucy and Lucy and Lucy and you should know. Ready, Lou? This one is for you. Coming from a true blue, fits like a shoe. Come on, stop the stare, or come on, tell it, boo. Lucy in, I'll leave it up to you. That last gonna backlash fast. Can you get a grip on the crackhead dip? So drew a paper bag. Guess he saw you coming. DC y'all from my neck, boom bumming. Ten dollars, brother, he was humming and strumming. Only had twenty, he was living like a slumming. Gave him the money, well I thought that was something. Looking like a kid who was lost in crumming. Don't worry about a thing, I won't get specific. This is a song that is long and prolific. Think of the stuff that I said if you can. Figure it out, compute, understand. No problemo, I'll help you with your demo. If you go to the store for me, Lucian, I'm just kidding, you should know. Get a grip on the missions you be taking Not so much the mission, but you got crazy ignition Sure the sugar babies wanna give you a chance With the French savoir and the sexy glance But is she really fly, or is she a guy? I won't ask why, cause I know that you try You try too hard, is that the answer to the riddle? Instead of doing so much, why don't you do just a little? Boy, what a cat, I guess we shouldn't treat him bad In fact, it would be nice if we understood him right A case of positioning the feet in the shoes Sympathetic reason in the case of the blues Lucy in his blue, even though he's really brown I had to make the sound, his life is too profound On the up and up, he's something like a little pup Young and naive, it's hard to believe As long as you're strong, you can quest with the questers Jolly like a jumping bean or a jester Lucy and Lucy and Lucy and Lucy and you should know.
control And this one's about the chaos The knockouts out there Who I call my Hold buddy Now just wait We gonna talk about buddy on this plate But before we let the herd out the gate Make sure all the levels are straight out The jungle, the jungle, the brothers, the brothers De La Soul On a road Black yeah, medallions, yeah. no gold Hanging out with bars, hanging out with mates Buddy, 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 y'all in my face Both the lap Zimbrowski must wear a cap Just in case the young girl likes to clap Ain't for the win, but before I begin I initiate the body with a slap Stop the beat For the fighting from a tribe called Quest When I see Buddy, I will never half step I just do her tribal style and then check The Buddy that I like is to be sexy and nice Just good enough for the one they call fight A brown skinned buddy with shoulder length hair Nice front breast and a round area For the next I'm the teacher from a tribe called Quest And if you quest for the buddy, don't fess If the Jimmy wants nothing but the best The best? The best Let's stick out the Jimmy and see what we can catch Stick him up, stick him up, Jimmy Next Won't be needed unless Dancing on the dance floor Girl, it's you that I adore Step off stage, just scream for more Native tongue, got rhymes galore Snap my fingers, make you mind If not, I'll snap a second time After that, I guarantee you will be standing next to me Fly, buddy, buddy Don't you know you make me go nutty, nutty I'm so glad that you're not a fuddy-duddy Duddy. Not too skinny and not too chubby Chubby, soft like silly buddy Miss Crabtree, Crabtree I know that you're not mad at me Cause at I me. told you that it was your buddy, buddy. That was making me ever so horny, horny. Jungleistically horny I won't lie, I love B-U-D-D-Y Cause I never let it walk on by When it comes to me and Jenny I seem Very serious Like a pig free buddy is an act that occurs on the lift When Jimmy and Jenny start shooting the gift Boy let me get shot, I won't even riff My buddy tossed to me for a while Plug two is the key to her tip On the A side of sometimes the flip Word up, buddy Is the bud to my daisy tree And the loot into my dole me And the blues to my man plug three Plug three is the whole cover behind the bush My buddy likes the way that I push And like a champ just knock it out and out Never ever once selling out Heard you looking for some 
good times If you quest from the soul Guess what we'll find Whole lot of fun Lots of fun together Just like kissing cousins Yeah, that's kind of clever Close like bosoms Bosoms stay close If you be my buddy I will toast that I like Elfamers And Lucille McGillicuddy You can be mine And I can be your buddy The best buddies in evening wear Long loving us true know He's in there I feel sorry for those Who pay a fare I see Word to the day I don't beg I just tease my buddy with my right leg uh-huh. And then when it's ready, what's said Is buddy is best in bed Right to the D Buddy, buddy Told us all to get into a circle Said the world because I won't hurt you All I really wanna do is freak you You know what? She freaked and us And I watched And then I checked my swatch to see the time The tribe had found the buddy line And that buddy was mine Oh my Now when Quest, Jungle, and Daylight Soul our ritual unfolds. Grab our bones and start swinging our hands. Then Jimmy stop fucking in every brand. Cause Jennifer just wanna stay aware. Yo, fella, should we keep her aware? It is wicked. Those that don't know how to be pros get evicted. A woman could bear you, break you, take you. Now it's time to rhyme. Can you relate to a sister doping up to make you holler and scream? Hey, yo, let me take it from here, queen. Excuse me, but I think I'm about to to get into precisely what I am about to do. I'm conversating to the folks who have no whatsoever clue. So listen very carefully as I break it down for you. Merrily, 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 merrily. Hi, so happy, overjoyed. Please, with all the beats and rhymes my sisters have employed. Look at me throwing down the sound. Totally a yes. Let me state the position. Ladies first. Yes? Yes. Yeah, there's going to be some changes there. Being a woman is great to see. I know that all the fellas out there will agree with me. Not for being one, but for being with one. Cause when it's time for loving, it's the woman that gets them sworn. Stepping, strutting, moving on, rhyming, cutting, and not forgetting. We are the ones to give birth to the new generation of prophets. Cause it's late. I break into a lyrical freestyle. Grab the mic, look at the crowd, and see smiles. Cause they see a woman standing up on her own too. Sloppy slouching is something I won't do. Something that we can't flow. Can't flow. Stereotypes, they got to, go. got to go. I'ma mess around and flip the scene into reverse. With what? With a little touch of late first.
but you must be blind if you don't believe what well, here listen to this rhyme ladies first take no time to rehearse i'm divine and my mind expands throughout the universe a female rapper with a message to send the queen latifah is a perfect specimen my sister can i get some sure money love grab the mic and get dumb yo praise me not for being simply what i am born in l-o-n-d-o and sound american you dig exactly where i'm coming from you want righteous rhyme and i'ma give you some to enable you to age yourself and get paid and the material that has no meaning i wish to slay pay me every bit of your attention like mother like daughter i would also like to mention i wish for you to bring me to the bring me to the rhythm of which is now systematically given desperately stressing i'm the daughter of a sister who's the mother of a brother who's the brother of another plus one more all four have a job to do we do and it respect due to the mother who's the root of it and next up is me the m-o-n-i-e-l-o-v-e and i'm first because i'm a l-a-d-i-e contact and in fact Style, it gets harder Cooling on the scene with my European partner Laying down track after track Waiting for the climax When I get there, that's when I tax The next man or the next woman man. It doesn't make a difference Keep the competition coming And I recite chapter in verse The title of this recital is Ladies First Bodega Border Crew, Volume 83. Hope you guys have been digging the tracks. Buddy is probably one of my favorite hip-hop songs of all time. I think I've listened to Buddy like, I don't know. It's got to be at least like a couple thousand times. It's one of my favorite songs. I probably listen to it at least once a week, you know, my whole life. Uh, it just always made me happy. It's like funny. There's really good rhyming to it. It was a slice of hip-hop that really appealed to me and kind of took me out of some of the stuff I was listening to so I know it's a song a lot of people don't hear a lot but a lot of people reference it as kind of the birth of the native tongues movement because everybody was on that track I mean even Queen Latifah has a little a little piece in there you got Moni Love you got De La you got, you know everybody's in there Jungle Brothers um so I hope you guys dug that if you've never heard it it's a great track, um, De La Soul track originally. I think it's labeled as a De La Soul track. I just remember it being a B-side on something. It was a single and it was kind of hard to get for a while. Anyway, let's do a little housekeeping. This is a Bodega Border Crew podcast. Make sure to check us out on Instagram at Bodega Border Crew. Make sure to check out our website, bodegabordercrew.com. We have videos on there. We started a new series called Take 5 with a bunch of people. Uh, Mike Ciordi did the first one. You could either watch it there or you could watch it on our Instagram channel. Also, make sure to check out this episode description on your iTunes player or player of choice for track listings and links to things that we're talking about. I'm going to set this show off with an interview with someone that I really admire, I really like, uh, Mr. DJ Javier. DJ Javier is this amazing artist out of the Santa Barbara area. I have a bunch of his artwork in my house. My daughter, since birth, has grown up with his artwork, loves it. Uh, he's done some events that we've gone to with my kid. Um, He's just amazing, and this is just a conversation we had, just a fun little combo while he was in town talking about what he's been up to and what he has going on in the future. So uh, sit back, enjoy, and let's do it. What's your name and where are you from? Uh, my name's DJ Javier, and I'm from Santa Barbara, California. Originally born and raised? 
Uh, so I was born in West Covina, and then my family moved to Santa Barbara, like pretty quickly after I was. Oh, okay. Born. Yeah, yeah. So pretty. I mean, you pretty much lived there your whole life. Yeah, pretty much. Like that is like yeah, where I'm from. And how did you get? So what came first to you? Was it art or surfing? So for sure, art. And I'll get into surfing later. Surfing wasn't until 18. Okay. Yeah. But so it was. So it was art for sure. So how? What was like the first thing that you were like, like kind of was the spark that you were like, oh, I like this. Like. Um, I don't know. I. I just. I think I always had some sort of like knack or interest with like. I feel like I could always keep myself entertained uh -huh. via art. Like it's almost like there's no, there was no no cap or like no like limit to like drawing something on a piece of paper. Uh -huh. And I was, I mean, I I loved like you know playing video games and doing other stuff like that. But with art, it was just like, oh, there's no there's no rules. I I didn't consciously think of that, but I was yeah. like, I can do whatever I want with this piece. Well, of paper. that's the beauty of like I think I forgot I. I think Flea said this once, like the most beautiful artists are kids because there's no rules for them to constrain them, right? Mm -hmm. You can just kind of like, you give a kid a piece of paper and a pen, they like, yeah. they might even draw on the table. And yeah. while technically you and I might think that's wrong, like maybe there actually is something there. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, were you like into comics or any of that kind of stuff or? Uh, I was into like cartoons okay. a lot, like Saturday morning cartoons and... What did you, out of curiosity? I was... I had a huge fascination for Scooby-Doo growing up. Oh, that's pretty cool. So I would literally every day, like before, I think in the summers and like even before I went to school, I vividly remember I would have an Otter Pop and then <laughs> I'd watch Scooby-Doo at 12, like every day. And it was like the old, like 70s or like 60s, yeah. like the original Scooby-Doo. Yeah, well, unmasking the bad guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every episode. <laughs> yeah, so I was obsessed with it and I would just watch it every day like I and the thing is like I, I didn't like I mean obviously most kids like don't like aren't into like scary things and yeah. like not that Scooby-Doo is necessarily scary but like yeah I just had a fascination with like yeah but it's kind of like it was like you know like you'd watch an episode and it's kind of like there's a ghost I mean I can understand yeah. that like it's like it's like creepy right it's yeah. not like horror scary it's more creepy scary yeah, yeah, yeah. you're like oh the werewolf guy and then yeah. like I think the way they diffused it was that like hey it's something fake yeah and you're like oh okay it's not real like yeah. you know kind of thing um, did you, uh, so when did you like, kind of like think that like, Hey, this is something I might want to do. Yeah. Like as a career or whatever going forward. Yeah. You know, it probably didn't hit me. It for sure did not hit me until maybe like after, right after high school. Okay. Cause I think for the longest time growing up, I would, I was super into art and like, but I never considered it like a career path mm -hmm. like I would paint and I would draw and I think you know growing up I don't know when it was maybe it was probably like fifth grade I think I used to be I felt like I got really good grades up until like it got to a certain point where like I just couldn't keep up like I realized like oh I'm not really I think it was like big with like science and math like I can't keep up yeah and it almost made me just like I felt like I couldn't be confident anymore in myself uh -huh. and I and I think with that, I kind of like, art was kind of like my thing that like I gravitated towards, but I never really considered it to be like, like a, like a career. Yeah. Um, and like through how, throughout high school, like I would, I would, you know, take like upper level art classes, but even then, like, I think my decline and like not being a good student growing up of just like my insecurities of like, I'm just not book smart. Mm -hmm. 
you know, it made me lean more on art, but I never considered art as like a career. Right. And so for like growing up, I just like, I would do it, but like, you know, and it was hard because I think, you know, like the stereotype of like, like the, you know, Asian parent wanting your kid to be a doctor or a lawyer, which is like, you know, for my family, like my parents came to the U.S. like in the 80s and like, it, it makes sense. They gave up literally everything. Yeah. And like for them to want me to become like a business owner or like a lawyer or a doctor, like I get it because they're like, we're literally leaving everything we know mm -hmm. to come here and like you know it's i'm sure it was hard for them to be like a kid like isn't really good at school and like he does art yeah like does he what does he want to do with it you know so no was, i yeah. no i totally get it because like obviously my parents had the same kind of wishes for mm -hmm. me and like when i applied to parsons school of design my mom flipped the fuck out yeah. she's like this is what we came from yugoslavia for and i'm <laughs> like yeah i hate to tell you this yeah. is all your son wants to do um it's kind of like it's it, it's funny how like you know, immigrant families, they, especially when you're a first generation kid, like they're mm -hmm. like, they're putting all their hopes and dreams in you. There's a lot of pressure there. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think it's, it's a different world now than it used to be like where they're like a little bit easier about it. You know, yeah. they're kind of like when they see a little sparkle of success, they're like, okay, I can yeah. deal with this kind of thing. No, totally. I mean, that's like, it's funny. Like once I... You know, and we can obviously jump around, but I think yeah, like yeah. where I am now, like in my career, like it's been super cool because I think like, you know, growing up, like I had cousins. And it's funny because like I hate like fulfilling this like stereotype, but I had cousins who were like really ridiculous smart. They're yeah. piano prodigies, like all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And they're like, oh, there's DJ who's like super chubby playing <laughs> on his PSP, like doesn't know how to, you know what I mean? <laughs> and it's just like, but it's like cool now because it's just like, I felt like my parents didn't really have anything to like brag about yeah. you know and like now like they've have every clipping every issue of like anything like yeah you know, like the surfers journal or like they have every pair of vans they bought extra pair of vans to like give to like my family like in the philippines who like couldn't get a hold of it and they have like my dad has like every shirt i've ever made like and they're just like shouting it from the rooftops which is like super cool to like full circle moment to go from like barely graduating college, like, what is this kid doing? Or barely graduating high school. Yeah. And, you know, obviously, like, I was able to, like, go to college and, like, I did great there, which I'm, like, grateful for. But, like, to have this full circle moment of, like, I mean, even, and we'll, we'll obviously get to it, but, like, my Vans collab, like, the key shot of the collab was me and my dad. Yeah. Like, wearing the shoes together. Yeah. You know? And so it was just, like, what the heck? Like, you know, it's like, and I'm sure for them to be like, even my dad, like he was totally, and I'm sure he listened to this too, but if it, it, he totally was like, whoa, I'm in a van's ad, you know, like yeah. he's like super hyped. Yeah, where's, you know? Ke where's cousin Joe? That's the piano prodigy now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like, no, guess, totally, yeah. Guess what? Yeah. <laughs> Where did that piano playing get you? Yeah, yeah. Not, not in an ad for vans, did yeah. it? <laughs> so, but yeah, so it's just, it's cool to like have that full circle moment of like, you know, like having the parents, I'm sure, and I know they always loved me and were proud of me in other ways, but to be like, whoa, like here's like a tangible, like, yeah, you know. yeah, I think for them probably too, it's like, like you were saying, like, you know, these, these families, like your family gives up a lot to come here mm -hmm. and their whole, at the back of their mind, they're always, I mean, I come from this family, so I understand it. It's like, I want to have a kid in America that's going to have a better life yeah. than I ever had. And it's sometimes very nerve wracking, you know, they don't, they don't understand what you're doing, like, you know, with art or something like that. And then this is like, for better or for worse, it's a validation, right? It's like, okay, all yeah. those sacrifices we made to come here, all the stuff we gave up, 
weight off our shoulders. You yeah. know, it's a beautiful thing. I, I think it's, people don't understand how powerful that can be. Yeah. You know, because it's like you, you're basically like the next generation, you know, mm -hmm. like for them. So, um, and it's, it's great to have that support system. You know, I think more kids with those backgrounds need those support systems. Totally, yeah. You know? Um, yeah. Was there any, like, when you decided to like, you know, post high school, go to art, what art school did you wind up going to? So I went to this school called Azusa Pacific uh -huh. and I majored in graphic design. Okay. And so I went to City College first. And it's funny, like I, I graduated probably like bottom like 20% of like my class. Like I remember getting like the final report card or like whatever it's like the transcript or yeah. whatever it is that has your final grade on it. And I, there was one class that I was just like, I just, I just need a D to graduate in oh, this class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember I got it and I was so happy. I remember my mom just being like, thank God, at least he's gonna graduate. Like, <laughs> All right, we got one hurdle done. <laughs> yeah, 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 we got over that. And so the next, I mean, for me, it was just like, I guess I'll go to community college. Mm -hmm. Like, And I wasn't even planning on majoring in any sort of art or design, but I was just like, I guess I'll just go, you mm -hmm. know? And like, I think I went, I started, I was like, dual enrolled or whatever it was i can't remember what it is but like i remember i started college and i don't even know how i started this bad with like a one point like two or three gpa mm -hmm. um and so i was on like academic probation or whatever before so i left santa barbara city college and i transferred to azusa pacific and some at some point when i right before i had transferred i think it just clicked with me because i think I, I i got a job at like a local like acai Evo place in santa barbara and then i started thinking i don't know and city college like in santa barbara like it is an absolutely great school but like i think too like it's easy to get trapped of like you're at city college forever yeah. and i think it just hit me of like i can't like oh wait i know that person like they're friends with like my sister and they're like seven years older than yeah. me and no offense like they could be figuring out they could you know yeah. but i just like i think it hit me of like oh if i don't like pull in tight and focus like i can get stuck here like yeah i don't know what i want to do and so i think it lit a fire under my butt uh -huh. and like by the time i transferred and graduated i ended up on the on the dean's list my whole time at zoo's pacific i graduated with like a 4.0 whoa and i don't know it just like hit me i think the work ethic like hit me and yeah. i think also working like a job and like taking like 20 units at city college like it it just lit a fire and i was just like i was like i need to get it together yeah. and i found art in the midst of that of uh -huh. like oh maybe i should do this thing yeah what do you what do you think so you major in graphic design were you thinking like hey look you know that's like the route i'm gonna go yeah so i think one of my buddies um he knew I was like into art and I thought like, oh, maybe I should get like, like the Adobe creative suite it was before the cloud. Yeah. yeah. And he ended up uh, torrenting it for me. Like, I like everybody house, did. Yeah. And he was like, when I was like a senior in high school, he was a freshman. He was just like this really sharp, smart kid who knew about computers. And like, I went over to his house and I was like, dude, can you, do you know how to torrent this? And he's like, yeah. And he like loaded up my computer and I started playing with it, playing around with it. I figured it out and I was like, wait, actually like doing this, I can turn my drawings into like graphics. And yeah. then from there I was like, I guess I'll major in graphic design. I didn't even know what I was going to do with it necessarily, mm -hmm. but I was like, I think I'm just going to do this. Yeah. Yeah. And then did you, um, so after college, did you go work for a firm or? Yeah. So when I graduated college, I ended up working at a packaging and branding design agency in oh. Ventura. Oh, cool. And so one of my good friends, 
got me that gig out of school. Um, but it's funny, the whole time when I was in like undergrad, I basically, I told myself like, I don't want to work like any other job on campus, but I need money. Like I don't have, I'm not working here. Like I don't have money for groceries, so I need to figure out what to do. And yeah. so I just started like, I essentially started freelancing while I was in undergrad. Mm -hmm. And like I made like this like long spreadsheet of everybody I wanted to work with, like all kinds of brands. Like I didn't know, I was just like, I was just cranking out like t-shirts. I got like a internship at Iron and Resin when I was like 19 like, oh, in the cool. summer. And like this guy who was my boss there, Jackson, he like just showed me the ropes of just like design and like making like t-shirts pretty much. And I was like, oh, I could do this for like other brands. And so yeah. when I like went back, you know, my junior and senior year of college, I just was like, I had teachers who would get like upset with me because they were like, we understand that like you're busy with like freelance, but you need to do our work too. Because I was just like loading up and like cranking out like t-shirts and like I would get a check for like, and it wasn't, I mean, to me then I was like, this is crazy, but I'd get like, hey, yeah, for like these three graphics, we'll give you like 300 bucks a pop. And I'm like, you're stoked. Almost a thousand dollars. You're you know? stoked. Yeah. And so like, I just started doing that and like, I filled out the spreadsheet. I started like cold emailing people. Like I would just like guess and be like, oh, this person works here. So I'm guessing if my email at Azu Pacific is djavier.apu.edu, then his email has to be blank blank at, you know, Patagonia, Patagonia, or like at Brixton or like whatever it is. And I just started like, I'd go online type in creative director, type in the brand, and be like, okay, it's either going to be first name, last name. If it's a small brand, it'll be first name. If maybe it's first initial, last name. And I would just, like, I made, like, a Squarespace, and I would just fire off emails. If they And as they bounced back, I'd be like, okay, that combo didn't work. And then I Damn. literally just fired off. <laughs> and I just, like, it's funny. And then, like, a so few of these brands, like, smaller ones would just, like, send, like, a box of, like, merch to, like, you know, my, like, apartment on campus. And I would like load up all my friends. This was my first time ever getting plugged with product. You're like, stop. And all my friends are like, wow, this is crazy. Cause yeah. like I'd have a box of like 30 hats from like a different brand and they'd like yeah. load us up. But so prior to, so I, I graduated with like almost a little, like my own like homemade business. Yeah, yeah, you were. A little bit. Yeah. And so, and then yeah, so when I graduated, long story short, I ended up at a design agency. Um, and we did like branding and packaging for like CPG. So like a lot of the grocery store stuff, so, like Frito-Lay, oh, cool. like Gavinia Coffee, like WD-40, super random. Mm -hmm. I was like helping design packaging, changing, you know, nutrition labels on the back yeah. of like, chip bags, helping concept. I was like a junior designer and just like, but I think that also gave me, that was like creative boot camp. Like it, like, yeah, you need that. I think a lot of people like, you know, that's the thing. Like I come from a generation where you have to like do all that stuff, mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of a thing where it's like, kind of like, Hey, look, you're not getting your first job unless we see you've done a bunch of internships and then your first job like sucks. Yeah. Like it's fucking production designer. Yeah. It's like, you know, like I remember my first, my first like design job after doing my, my own, like my own project, like before I got a real job was like, I worked for a fashion branding agency and I was doing like, I was airbrushing jewelry for billboards. Yeah. Like I was basically taking out the background yeah. of like for like Christian Lacroix jewelry. Like mm. it was so bullshit. Yeah. But because of that, I could like, I learned so much. Like oh, yeah. kind of thing like, hey, great. When I need to do it on my own, I know exactly what to do. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like I would never trade, like even though like, yeah, that job totally like 
that was like creative boot camp for me. Like I would never trade that because I think it taught me just like the skill of like presenting and pitching. And like if you look at my Dropbox, like how I organize, like everything is in phases, everything's in a PDF. Like I'm building out like even for like, you know, artist collaborations where like some people might be like, oh, here's my design. Like I build out multiple phases with like sketch concepts and like inspiration and like design direction and all these notes. Yeah. Even for like, oh, someone just wanted like two t-shirts. I'm like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to treat this it. This is how you know. work. No, and, that, and yeah. that's good. Uh, my question is this, you know, you working for clients and working for, um, you know, working at an agency. When did you start like because you have a very specific look that you've kind of developed, mm -hmm. which is like awesome. How did that evolve? Like, where did that come from? And like, yeah, you know, where was that birthed and like how did it develop? Yeah. You know, I think for a long time within my creative career, and I think it helped me too along the way, but I don't know. It was, it was tough. I think for a while it was just like, what do people want? Like, I guess, and especially being a designer who, like, has roots in, like, this, like, surf, surf adjacent industry, I was just like, what do people want? Mm -hmm. And then, like, even though, like, it's not necessarily true to me, I'd be like, well, people want this. You yeah, know? it's easy to fall into that trap as a designer. Yeah. Yeah. So, for a while, I was just kind of, like, initially, like, in, you know, my young 20s, just, like, riding that wave of, like, okay, well, this is what people want. People will eat this up. Like, mm -hmm. this design trend or, like, in surf, people will want this kind of thing and, like, want this kind of, like, vibe. And I think the more I became confident in my own work and personal style, and the more I started like painting and just doing my mm -hmm. own stuff, the more it started like kind of like infiltrate that kind of design. And then I, I think I was able to like craft a design and creative language to the point now, which is like, I'm super grateful where like, I can just do my vibe. Mm -hmm. And obviously there are projects that I do that like people might not ever know it's me, but that's the creative director designer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. who's like, I like doing things that don't look like me. Yeah. But for like my artist collaborations and things where people are like, yo, do your thing. Yeah. You know, like I've been able to like create this design language, but I think it, it took me a while because, you know, for a while I was just like, well, people want this. And I felt like I didn't have the voice or the credibility mm -hmm. to be like, what if we did it with a little bit of this grittiness or edge, you know? And yeah. people are like, oh, I'm not really into it. And yeah. But it's funny now, like I'm grateful for it. Of like, I can just kind of like, for the most part, for certain partnerships that are like more focused around my work, like, I can just run with my style, you know? Yeah, like I love going to like, you know, my daughter goes to the Ecology Center camp. Oh, yeah. And we go there all the time yeah. and stuff. And like, I love like, you know, the fact that, I mean, you've given me some artwork. So like this, the other thing, like she has it in her playroom. Yeah. And we have it in our house. Mm -hmm. And then like she goes there and she's like, oh, Patty, that's your artist, Fred. Like, 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 and for me, yeah. it also makes me genuinely happy. Like when I see all the signs that you've done there, like I'm like, yeah, like, I like, love I love seeing your work in that way. And I know one thing you've done um, a lot of is you've done a lot of work for like local businesses in Santa Barbara mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So how important for you with your work is it like to promote those businesses? Because you've done a lot. Like. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, for me, it's like it's important to always make time for those opportunities, um, especially with like, I don't know, people look at Santa Barbara and like, they might think like, oh, wine tasting mm -hmm. and celebrities and Montecito. And I'm just like, there's a thriving culture mm -hmm. outside of that. And I think, to be honest, I feel like God's blessed me with like a really cool creative angle and like be able, like, being able to execute and being able to like, just from like a design and creative perspective, like, oh, I can like drum up these cool things and support like a homie and, or like a local business or whatever. And mm -hmm. so it's just like, 
why not? Why not? Why not we all win? You know? Yeah, so, yeah. And I think too, it's just like, it's funny. I've gotten like, like I was in like the LA Times, like the LA Times came and did this like show us around kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, which is a cool article. Yeah, I was, I was, I was super hyped on it. And like, I got a little bit of flack from of people of like, oh, keep, you know, keep those LA people. When it's funny because I was just like, well, if you look at the article, everyone who I featured is like an independently owned mm-hmm. local business who like because of that like I had like my good friend Pepe his family owns this chain called El Sitios there mm-hmm. and he had told me he's like dude we got like an influx of followers and people being like yeah yo I read the LA Times piece and like I want to come here and like try the tacos and I'm like how can you be mad at me for like people don't Santa Barbara isn't like a secret yeah. like island <laughs> I know you know That's... if anything let's if people are gonna come why not put money into like local businesses uh, yeah. and have them thrive, have them pay rent, have them be like, you know, what, we can afford, you know, benefits for employees yeah. now. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, like should you have done? Should you have mentioned all the like tourist traps? Yeah. No, like who gives a shit about that? Like that's not gonna actually help a small business. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like 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 when that article came out, and I remember seeing. I, I sent you a message. I was like, this is dope because we used to go there all the time when we lived in LA. Mm-hmm. And so for us, it was like always fun finding these little things. Now look, I'll be honest, like. We, we were wine people we were some of those people and yeah. stuff like that but you know I was always like stoked on going to like the surf shops there and yeah, like yeah. you know all that kind of stuff and like finding the little restaurants the little cafes and yeah. everything um, yeah I mean you, you kind of it's a weird it's a weird thing because like I get it like I come from someplace that there's a part of me that always wants to keep it yeah as quiet as possible like i come from like a part of brooklyn that i'm like look i don't want you fucking living here yeah you know but now with like looking i'm like well i'm an asshole for thinking that yeah. i like because then it's like the guy who owns the bodega on the corner like don't i want him to have more business yeah. like don't i want my local pizzeria to like never be closed like yeah. you know it's like some people have to realize like at the end of the day you might as well if people are going to come why not steer them the right way totally yeah you know, and like what you did, you did for like a lot of small businesses and stuff. Yeah. Um, which was really cool. Yeah. And like I've had, you know, I've talked to people who have opened, like out of town have come to Santa Barbara to open a business. And I'm just like, it's not that crazy to just tap in with the local community. Like if you reach out to them and support them, like they'd be more than glad to the, like come and support what you're doing. Yeah. It's like, it's not that crazy to be like, you know, to like reach out to like the people around you and like, why not everyone like succeed as opposed to like pitchforks like yeah get out of here when it's just yeah like, have you yeah. have you ever seen that um tv show gentrified no i haven't so it's only i think there were two seasons of it and it's all about um gentrification happened in boyle heights in la mm-hmm. and it centers around this mexican restaurant that this grandfather has owned yeah. for years and stuff like that and then them getting pushed out and this balance of like you know one of the nieces is like an artist and like how she's trying to bring attention and like it's kind of interesting to watch about because I firsthand saw that happen in Brooklyn where I grew up. Mm. And so it's kind of like, it's a double-edged sword, right? Yeah, like in a certain no, way, like sure. you want you want people to come there to like put money into the community, but then the same t- token, you don't want that money to wash out the community. Yeah. Because that's what made the community special because then it disappears. Like yeah. once that's gone, well, what's so special about this place? Totally, I think yeah. there's somewhere that you could find a fine balance. And I think, you know, especially vehicles like art, and surfing and stuff like that and skateboarding, they have the ability to really kind of, and music, really have the ability to like, where you can attract people, do it in a respectful way, make sure everybody yeah. gets their money, make sure, you know, everything's fine. 
Totally, yeah. Uh, um, it, it, it's just like a comp... I mean, again, it's not like a straightforward thing. Yeah, no, it's... I mean, it's super complex, too. And there's things that, like, I'll see in Santa Barbara where I'm just like, oh, that breaks my heart. Like, you know, and, like... Yeah. It's hard, too, and, like... I don't know, like, it gets really techy, and you see Patagonia vests, and it's just... You know, so there's, like, this weird balance of, like, you can't drive everyone out but it's also it like yeah it breaks your heart when like certain things that are like a staple of the community like mm -hmm. fold because like it's hard financially and like, like rents go it's up expensive and you know and so like, yeah it's it's tough to kind of like i don't know i don't know enough about like housing or like how that's no no it, there, there's no formula here's the thing there's no i don't think there's an absolute formula for mm -hmm. it like there's no like mathematical equation you could throw on the table and be like well this is what it is yeah. i mean look like i remember you know for example, like, you know, I grew up in Fort Greene, Brooklyn, and oddly enough, I ended up living there before I moved here, and it's where I met my wife. And there was a bar we used to go to that was a local bar, and that's where we met. And it was always like, love going there, and like, they had the best jukebox, yeah. and they every third drink was free. And like, they had a backyard that had like a barbecue that they were like, bring whatever food you have, light it up, we don't give a shit. Like, you know, it was like, I fucking yeah. love that shit. And when it, it broke my heart when I saw that it was gone, mm -hmm. you know? and. But at the same token, some of the other businesses, like there's this like bodega that's down the street from this place called Farmer in the Deli that they make basically sandwiches up until four o'clock in the morning. That's still in business because there's people living there yeah. now and partying. And I'm like, it, it's kind, of, it's it's like a weird, you know, it's something. It's also like I understand it too. It's 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 one of those things too that like, for instance, like you know, you and I right now are in San Clemente, right? And you have a lot of this thing with like trestles and stuff like that like e-bikes yeah. and like people getting pissed especially COVID like all these people coming here and blah 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 you know like yeah I get it like lineups are getting crowded and all that stuff but the same token like like as a surf industry like don't you want more customers yeah like don't you want to <laughs> no, be able totally, to buy yeah. a house like I don't know like yeah. it's like like I, I think about that all the time like everybody's like oh fuck these fucking people blah blah I'm like yeah those people they say fuck you to they could be buying boards from you if you didn't say fuck you to them yeah you know, that's it. I could have dropped five G's on. They'll come in and they'll buy three long boards, you know, and you'll be like stoked and like you paid rent that month, or yeah. you could be like you could scream at them, and tell them to get on. Your... But it's still like, I, again, there's no there's no mathematical equation yeah. to it. I think it's tough. Um, talking about surfing, how did surfing come into your life? Like when did that happen? Yeah. Um, so for me. I didn't learn, so my buddy who had mentioned Pepe who owns that restaurant, his family owns El Sitio, he has a pool at his house, and so when we were 17, we were hanging out, and he was like, dude, you need to learn how to swim, and I'm like, oh, you didn't know how to swim, I didn't know how to learn, I didn't, oh. and it's funny, because like, we, my family would go to the beach, I would never go, like, there was one beach we went to, and like, I would never go past like, my ankles, like, in the water, oh. and it was just like, terrifying, and I just, I don't know what, my sis, all my, I have three older sisters, they all knew how to swim, I, it, it just, I don't know why it never lined up. And so he, at, in his pool, taught me how to swim. And I was just like, oh, like this isn't that bad. And yeah. like, I figured it out. And then my two other friends, um, Sarah and uh, my buddy Joey, who shapes in Santa Barbara, they were like, one day they're like, the, the next year, or maybe, I don't know, I was probably like within a year, I was 18. They were like, hey, do you want to learn how to surf? And I always, growing up, I had watched like Fuel TV all yeah, the time yeah, yeah. but i would only watch like i think skate maps that was like the z york show yeah yeah, yeah. And i would only watch the skate show was red on that 
I think so. Yeah, so he's like a yeah, good friend. Yeah, but I know Harold Hunter was on it. <laughs> yeah, of I was course. Like super obsessed with growing up. <laughs> but I remember I would only watch like shows like that because I'm like they listen to the same music that I listen to. You can relate to it, yeah. Yeah, even though like I was a terrible skateboarder, I'm like they love hip hop. They wear the same clothes. Graffiti. Yeah, everything. Yeah. And then it'd be like, oh, the next thing would be like blonde hair guy surfing somewhere. I'd be like next, and I was yeah. like turn it off, put on Cartoon Network yeah, instead because yeah. I'm just like I can't relate to this guy, mm-hmm. and so. When they asked me to learn how to, if they wanted to go surfing, I was like, sure. And I remember, like, the first wave, like, I kind of caught, like, belly road. I was like, wait, this is actually really crazy. You get hyped. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I've never felt this feeling before. Yeah. And so, I mean, literally from there, I just, like, went head first, you know, when I turned, when I was 18, just, like, fully, like, enraptured in surfing. And now, like, I go, like, multiple times a week in Santa Barbara and... I mean, like, obviously, like, do a lot of design and artwork and mm-hmm. partner with, like, different surf brands, people in the surf industry. But, yeah, it wasn't until I was, like... Were you meeting up... people in the lineups and stuff like that that you'd wind up working with? I'm just curious. No. No. I mean, like, I would go surf, like, with those two people I'd mentioned and, like, other friends in town who, like, surf as well. But, like, all the... I mean, I didn't... No, I didn't mean anybody, like, in... No Bobby Martinez sightings? No, no, I definitely was not surfing like the heavy waves that he was. I was like in like, you know. That's always a myth. It's like, oh, if you surf in Santa Barbara, you're going to see Bobby. No, yeah. Yeah. He's like one of my favorite surfers ever. So, um, I just yeah, he's super talented. Yeah. Well, I just like, like before I ever surfed, I, I was, I lived in New York when yeah. they had that contest that he cursed out the, on live TV, cursed the WSL people. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah and I remember yeah. like, like I didn't even surf and I watched that and I was like, like I watched, that, I was like, I want to surf now. Like yeah. I was like, I want to be like this guy. Yeah. Like, Honestly, <laughs> growing up, if I had known who Bobby Martinez was and seen like what he looked like yeah. and his vibe, I'd be like, maybe I should. Okay. Learn it. A, learn how to swim. Yeah. B, learn how to surf. If this guy. Is he was people, like the best. He's yeah. like the best. And I love that China Islands like makes boards for him still. And he's like, I don't give a shit. Like he just like yeah. he's like begrudgingly takes them. I'm yeah. Like, um, now you know w- one thing I've talked about like a multiple things and I've had guests and stuff is like you know diversity in surfing. How was it you being Filipino breaking into the Santa Barbara surf scene? Like did you like was it like easy? Did you feel like there were like people like pounding you? Like I mean, luckily like there wasn't too many. I guess like in the water moments mm-hmm. where and I think also I don't know. I think once I learned, once I figured out like how to surf, I think too, it's just like, I get why people are scared of surfing or they get like really anxious. Cause mm-hmm. like being in the lineup, especially in like a new place mm-hmm. or a place where like it's better waves or there's better surfers, like it is extremely intimidating. Yeah. Like I remember like, and there's times now where like I'll go to certain places that I surf all the time and I'm just like comfortable with just like getting in the water, I'm like, I don't think anything of it. But even now still, I'm like, I surf in certain, or I don't go to certain places because I'm like, this is, it's too eggy here. Or like, yeah. I get, even though like, there's no reason for me to like, be anxious. I'm just like, I think it's like what we had talked, we've talked about, we have, you know, our own conversations about just like, that jock mentality. And I yeah. think, also too, I think just being someone who looks different, like, it's just, it all, it's a culmination of things that like, can like give me anxiety and yeah. I, I can see why people whether they look like me or they're just new to surfing are just like uh you know maybe i'll stay really down low here on the bottom it's like, no, no, no. Like, like pedal up like a little bit more and people are like no, no, no i'll just stay down and it's just like and i've seen people like 
it's funny, like I've talked to my buddies about it. I'm just like, I feel like surfing is like one of the only sports where like grown men can instantly turn into like five-year-olds. Yeah. And it's wild to yeah. be like, dude, aren't you like a financial advisor or like a whatever? And like, like when they you're acting like this. Or they splash you and you're like, like you're like, I'm wet already. Yeah. I don't know what this is doing. Yeah, thank you for that. <laughs> like, my hair's like, actually kind of dry now. No, so I had yeah. someone do that once to me in Topanga and I was like, what are you doing? They're like, get the fuck out of the water. And I'm like, so you're gonna splash me? He's like, yeah. I was like, aren't we all wet right now? Like, I don't know what this is doing. Like, yeah. is this supposed to do something to yeah. me? Because it's like, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just always curious. That, I mean, I think you know, for for me, like, it was definitely like terrifying going into the lineup uh, when I first started surfing. You know, yeah. especially in LA. Different areas, obviously, it's a little different. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like people always talk about it, like especially like down here in like South Orange County slash. I mean, technically, this is San, North County, San Diego. Like it's pretty chill. Like you never get like, I mean, yeah. there's been incidents in the last year that a lot of people have happened, but that's like a lot of people equate it to like just too many people COVID kind of thing. But in yeah. general, it's not too crazy. But like, you know, you go to LA, like LA is like, fuck. Yeah. It's like fucking you, you like you walk to the beach, you're like stressed. Yeah. Like you know what you're getting into. It's like almost like, it's almost like that thing where like someone challenged you to a fight at three o'clock after school. And it's 2.55 and you're like, you feel it in your gut. You're like, you're like fuck, I'm going to fucking get hit in the face. <laughs> I just like, I got to like, I just like, well, all right. So how do I want to get hit in the face? Do I want to get hit in the face and keep walking? Do I get hit in the face and laugh about it? Like, that's how yeah. I feel like LA is. Um, and I think, you know, there it's as much as they like to claim that they're a diverse city in the lineups. It's not. Yeah. You know, kind of thing. I see, I see more like when I've surfed in Santa Barbara, I see mm -hmm. more diversity and I probably see more diversity in. North County, San Diego. Mm -hmm. Orange County, not necessarily. Orange County is very much like they breed surfers here. Yeah. You know, their dads were like, oh, you're not playing soccer. I'm going to teach you how to surf shit, which is the fucking worst yeah. shit. <laughs> and then you get like assholes, like, all right, I'm not going to say a name, but you get like pretty fucked up people who mm -hmm. like basically get sponsored and shit. Um, yeah. But I'm always curious about that because like, you know, you came to surfing late. I came to surfing late. I almost think coming to surfing late is better. Yeah. Because you have like more of an appreciation oh, for Oh, totally. Her. Yeah. And you have life. Like, I remember Worm talking about because she didn't come into surfing, I think, until she was maybe 18 or 19. No way. Yeah. So, same age as you, about? That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. She came into it like late. Yeah. I, I, I could be mistaken. And she always, the one thing she always says that I, I always think about this, um, and she said this very casually one time. She's like, you know, I had much more life experience before I stepped into the water, so I've learned to appreciate it more. Yeah. And I was like, that's true. Like if you, That's really cool. Like, if you're a five-year-old kid growing up in San Clemente, no knock on you. Listen, no knock on you if you grow up here, yeah. but, like, you're not going to have the same appreciate. Like, if you start surfing at five at, at uh, Doheny, you're not going to have the same appreciation as someone who starts at 20. That's why I think, like, the knock on, like, you know, I get... And it's not just because I was an adult learner. I really get upset about the, like fuck adult learner kind of mentality because yeah. I'm like why like wh like no totally yeah. like like I get it it's scary when you have adults on wave storms that don't know what they're mm -hmm. doing but instead of yelling at them why don't you just like tell them like they should be doing right yeah you know no, I mean I totally it's funny I think when I got into surfing and I think as I improved and I felt like I was like a decent surfer like I had it adopted that like oh those are kooks over there mentality yeah. like oh look at these kooks yeah. on like the wave storms and yeah. stuff but it's funny, like, as I get older, I'm like, I was that too, and so were you. Like, I don't think you're in a Kelly Slater was a kook. Yeah, and so it's just like, I don't know, I, it's funny, like, I've seen people rag on, you know, certain people on social media for, like, showing, like, hey, this is, like, a beginner guide to surfing or whatever, 
and people like will rag on that and I'm just like do you do you want them to like understand like the rules and the etiquette and it's funny because people would be like I've gotten DMs being like you know as if like I don't care about like etiquette or rules but yeah. like whenever I go to a new place I'll start at the bottom and I'll like respectfully make my yeah. way up and I'll like be super chill and if even at my local breaks like if someone is doing that's gonna like hurt someone I'll be like hey like it just like you know here's like a tip or whatever yeah. like I'm not gonna like yeah and it's funny people mistaken that as like oh do whatever you want in the water I'm like no no no, no. Like, there's rules and etiquette for everyone's safety yeah. and like fun you know it's just like it's just funny like I said it's like the sport where like grown men can instantly in any moment yeah. be like what are you doing and it's just like well it's like like think, of, think about bowling right like as, as crazy as that sounds like you don't go into a bowling alley and just take the bowling ball and throw it at people yeah, right like, you're like any lane you want and just start here you it. take turns there's a lane you get two chances there is a score up there but someone had to tell you that right someone had yeah. to tell you that because if you just showed up to a bowling alley and you saw balls coming and pins getting knocked down you'd be like well fuck it i'm just gonna grab a and ball just chuck it. Yes. like but if someone does tell people mm -hmm. i think it's like i i, I think you know I used to get very defensive when I first started surfing. And look, I come from skateboarding, from like a very tough skateboarding environment in New York City. And, and an era that was very, very gnarly. And um, I remember going into surfing, like being very intimidated and then almost doing the thing, like you were saying, like the flip that you're kind of like, well, I'm good enough now that I could fucking do that. Yeah. And then I realized there was a certain point that I was like, that's just fucked up because it's like, <sighs> I'm not doing anything for surfing by doing that. Yeah. Like, what am I doing for the greater good? Like, I'm not, I'm actually doing more harm. I mean, I happen, like, I tell people all the time, like, when you go to Doheny, as an example, like, you go into that parking lot, you know what you're getting into. Yeah. You know you are going to, might get hit by five people in the first five yeah. minutes. You know that's what's going to, so you can either go in there and yell at people about it, or when people come close to you, you can tell them why it's not a good idea. You yeah. know, kind of thing. Like, I've had the thing, like, recently I was there on one of our good swell days and there were a bunch of people like like adult learners like and they're and they're like mid-20s and stuff on like phone boards and stuff and they're all taking off straight and stuff and i'm going down the line and and i someone's about to take off and I, i'm like no don't go don't go like i'm not like get off the fucking wave i'm like don't go don't go and, and they went and i pulled out and they didn't really catch the wave and i paddled back and i was like hey fyi people like me are on like almost 10 foot boards that don't have leashes it's not about me catching the wave. It's about the fact that like, I do not have as much control of this as you think I do. Yeah. And I could hurt you. And the last thing I wanna do is have this piece of fiberglass go through your face. Trust me, I don't want that to happen. So it's in your best interest. Like, I'm not trying to be a dick. Look to your left. And he was like, oh, cool. Like, okay, like, you know, we're just trying to catch waves. I was like, I know, everybody's trying to catch. And we're all excited. But just don't yeah. do that. Like. And if you don't do it, people give you a turn. The other flip side of it, you know, when it comes to it, I was lucky when I first started surfing that I was mentored or tutored, whatever you want to call it, by someone in Hawaii, who I, my friend Ash, who I consider to be a good friend now. He's the one who actually like gave me technically my first surf lesson. Mm. And I remember him telling me like in Hawaii, he's like, he's like, oh, when you show up to a new lineup, he's like, you look at everybody that's there and you make sure they t each one of them takes five waves before you take one mm. and sit. Yeah. And be patient and wait. You do that enough times, they start calling you into waves. And I remember taking that really to heart. And guess what? I've never been hassled on the North Shore in my life. Yeah. Ever. I surf VLAN, I surf Sunset, I surf Backyards. Not one time in my life have I been hassled because I obey those kind of rules. But someone needed to tell me that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because if I didn't know that, yeah. 
I would just be like, oh, the wave is mine. I could catch the wave. And I just piss off a bunch of people, no yeah. good. You know, to the point of like that working, like I remember the last time I served VLAN, which is three years ago. Oh my God, it's like four years ago, it's so sad. Uh, no, it's like three years ago. And um, these like older guys that you could tell they they've surfed since they've been 12 years old. And they were probably in their like late 50s. Mm-hmm. They were like, they were like, come on, get in it, boy. Like they were like calling me into waves. And I was like, fuck, like, see, like you could have that kind of thing. And I think the same thing can happen here in California, you yeah. know, or other places. You know, I think we can, we can create that environment if we yeah. want to. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's just yeah. like a weird thing. It's funny, like when you see surfers out of the water do the whole like hippie kumbaya. Oh yeah, it's know. such bullshit. And then you get in the water and you're like, you are not at no, all. No, 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 yeah. no, no, no. That's what I think is like the funniest thing about surfing versus like one of the things I find funny about surfing versus skating. It's almost like someone posted a meme the other day and I think I posted it. It's like punks, punk rockers are the people who like look mean but are really nice. Yeah. And hippies are the people who look nice but are really Yeah, and I've seen that. Yeah. yeah, and I'm like skaters are the same way. Like skaters look raw, like throat tattoo, like fucking missing teeth, like blah, blah, blah. And they are the sweetest people in the world. Oh, absolutely. They got your yeah. back and everything. And like, you go to San O and like some of these kids, like they look like the nicest people. And then like, God forbid you come near them on a wave. They're like yeah. daggers. Like yeah. and they start yelling at you. <laughs> it's yeah. Like so funny. <laughs> yeah. Just like going off, on, going off on you. Like easy George Gunner haircut. Take yeah. It yeah. Easy. I call them Yelly Slaters a lot of time. Like I'll be like, yo, Yelly Slater. Like let's, let's yeah. like take it down a notch. Like we're, it's good. Oh my gosh. Like, especially when it's a spot that it's like, it's like two feet and you're like, Homie. Yeah. There was some guy that actually like got into like a thing with me and Worm last year at Doheny. And I remember like I was laughing and he wanted to fight me. And I was oh like laughing gosh. at him. Like I was la- and he got mad that I was laughing at him. And I was like, I don't know what you want me to do. I don't care. Like it's a two foot wave. Like you keep going in front of me and I'm not making a big deal of it. And then the second I catch a wave that you couldn't catch, you're getting upset. Like, yeah. Anyway, that's a whole, whole other uh, thing. Um, Speaking of us being in San Clemente, so we're in San Clemente and I'm sitting here with you because you're typically from up in Santa Barbara, yeah. hometown. Why are you here? Uh, so I'm right now doing a set of murals for Concordia Elementary School. Okay, cool. Yeah. And, and um, I saw some of this stuff. It's really cool. Um, how did that come about? Just uh, through, Honestly, through a lot of my work, like a DM. Uh-huh. A DM and then a phone call and then an email and then another phone call and a meeting and then it was just like yeah and so basically they invited me out to do i'm doing like a big mural like on the side of their library building and then like another big mural on the side of like they have this kind of like maker space like zone like Mm -hmm. another building and then putting like kind of like these little mini character mural things on their handball walls and so um yeah it's pretty awesome it's fun like i've never painted with like elementary school kids running around and like oh yeah because they're at school yeah, yeah yeah and so they're like they're asking like, me questions that's and so like cool. screaming losing their mind it's it's awesome yeah it's 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 for sure one of the most fun painting environments I've ever I, I'm, I'm jealous that it's not at my daughter's school um yeah. <laughs> like what i saw what i, I saw your instagram story there yeah like, oh, brooklyn would like love this like yeah. at her school um one thing i wanted to talk to you about your art you know and your background like how important for you is it to like incorporate your filipino heritage into your artwork yeah i think i mean for me I mean, there are times where, like, it's super overt, like, mm-hmm. whether it's, like, in a painting or something, and there are times where, like, it's more, like, pulled back, and I think the, the older I get, like, the more I kind of liken it to, like, there are things that are, like, whether it's, like, a physical painting or even, like, 
my collaboration with Vans. It's very culture forward, yeah. like I'm talking about it. And there's things that like are kind of like subconsciously within like the design work or the project via, I think just being a first generation immigrant and seeing my dad like work so hard. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's almost like I'm honoring my culture via something that isn't even talking about my culture via just like, I'm just working hard. That's true. Um, yeah, yeah. And like, I, one thing I, I remember I did like a podcast like thing after like the Vans thing came out, it was like Filipino, like new station wanted us, wanted to like feature me on like their podcast and they asked for my dad to be on it too. Oh my God, that's awesome. And it's funny hearing someone interview my dad. It was in English and Tagalog and like they asked him like, would you, did you ever consider going back like when you came to the States? Uh -huh. And he, he said, he had said like, there was no option to return home. Like I'm here now. Oh wow. And I'm going to make it work. And so kind of like a two pronged answer of like everything I do is like that work ethic of like, I got to do it. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it to the best of my ability because my dad didn't give up everything for me to just be like, yeah. I'm going to do an okay job. And then other side of the coin of like, then there's moments where like, I'm actually like doing something with like cultural significance to it. And so I think for me, it's just like, you know, I, I, I think I didn't see a lot of that growing up. It's just like being, especially being, you know, Filipino American, Asian American, like I didn't see people who look like me. If anything, people would make fun of me for the things I ate, for how I looked, for mm -hmm. how my, my parents accent or how like my grandma talked or any culture, even things that are just like, that's done, that has nothing to do with my culture. You're just making some sort of like yeah. racist Asian stereotype. Yeah. And so I think for me, whenever I, given the opportunity, like with, you know, Vans or like with like Stance that had like a lot of cultural relevance in that collaboration, it's just like, I gotta, I gotta put on, you know, yeah. like I gotta do something where like the young version of me who Filipino or like just, you know, Asian American or even just first generation immigrant can be like, yo, that is sick. And I can do that too, you know? And I think for me, like at the end of the day, like I would love to see like this like crazy resurgence and like rise up of kids who like grew up just like me excelling like and doing way better than I ever did because mm -hmm. they're just like, I saw DJ do it and I'm going to do it even better. Like I would love that. Like I don't see any sort of competition. I'm just like, I want everybody to win. You see, know? That's cool because you have the, your, your brand that you do is, what is it called? Bemin? Oh, uh, buy on surf club. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's like, like kind of inspired. That's like kind of like my creative, like moniker or like, like my studio. That's like kind of like what I call like a lot of my work. Like so when my you website's do a lot of, called that. Yeah, yeah. You're so like all your self-generated work basically. Yeah. So that. instead of just like, you know, obviously it's me, but it's just like, it's kind of just like the name of my studio. Well, no, it's the same thing. Like when Shepard started, Andre Giant has a posse. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. the same shit. Like he yeah. was like, I mean, those started out as like. I remember when he posted the first ones at the Brooklyn Bank. There were Xerox copy stupid stickers making fun of surf posses. Yeah. I mean, skate posses. And then all of a sudden he's like, oh, I guess this is the thing that I do. Yeah, all yeah. right. Yeah. Like kind of thing. I think it's great that artists do that because it's in a world today. It's like, you know, when it comes to art, it's almost like that Andy Warhol thing, right? You want to have like a brand. Mm -hmm. You don't want to just be like my name kind of thing. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, Andy Warhol had the factory. Like you knew the factory, like all the art, the music, the mm -hmm. movies that came out of the factory kind of thing. It also gives you, I think, what's really nice about it too is it gives you um, 
like a sandbox that you play in, right? You're totally. like, this, this, is, this is the sandbox and everything can come out of that. And if I want to leave the sandbox and do something just underneath my name, I can. Yeah, and this lives on its own, yeah, which is kind that's of- That's exactly kind of like how I'm navigating it, yeah. yeah. I mean, I used to have a product design company. I did the same thing, like my ex-wife and I had one. And I remember like a lot of people were like, well, why don't you call it your guy's name? I'm like, no, I don't. that's the last thing I wanted to do because I want this to be its own thing. And then if someone hires me as me, yeah, it's yeah. me. It's something totally. different. Like I don't want it to be the same thing. Yeah. Um, no, I love I love all the stuff, and I, I guess for you, you too, that like becomes like a creative outlet. Whenever you have an idea, you're like, okay, I'll put out a shirt. Or, yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. Cool. Now we we touched a little bit about it. so you did that collaboration with Vans, which was really mm -hmm. cool. Um, I, that I liked, and you've wor worked with a lot of brands. Um, talk about now you're doing a lot of work with Stance. Yeah, so I've been I did collaboration with Stance as well, and I've done. Um, then I did like a Spider-Man thing after that, which was super cool. Um, and like a lot of like activations and all that. And um, yeah, so I've been like kind of like working with them pretty consistently mm -hmm. and kind of like writing for them and like working pretty closely alongside with them, which has been super cool. Cause like, and I've told them, like my friends over there, like a bunch of times, like I remember my first, I bought my first pair of stance socks when I was like 16. They were navy and red and like one side, the stripes were bigger than the other side. And I used my own money to like pay for it. And I was like, this is crazy. And I wore those socks down, like <laughs> absolutely nothing. Like they were just absolutely fried. And it's crazy to be on the other side of it now to be like, I do work for them and I partner yeah. with them and I team up with them. And it's even back to like the Vans conversation of like, I remember my first pair of blue Vans in the sixth grade. I got made fun of them because they were like, who wears Vans? And I'm just like, and that blue pair of Vans is like, Dude, that's you, the color you, I wear. You, you got yeah. made fun of in Santa Barbara? I wore Vision Streetwear in Brooklyn, New York, like tie-dyed pants, and people were shitting on me, okay? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, so yeah. I get it. Like, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's awesome, because I remember I saw you at the um, Irvine Spectrum, you and Todd Francis yeah, were doing yeah. a thing, which was really cool. And now you're going to do something at the uh, All-Star Weekend. Yeah, yeah, so I'm going to All-Star Weekend, and I'll be doing a mural at their Salt Lake City location. And then we're also doing some like live screen printing artwork in collaboration with like the NBA, which is another thing to be like, I can't believe I'm doing this. Like, in pretty, I mean, you're going to meet you know? some people. Yeah. It's just funny to like kind of pull up on those things. and like, Whoa, this is well, what's your team. I, or are I, you not like an NBA person? It's funny. My siblings love sports oh. and I just like, I, I think I, I, I enjoy watching sports, but I think growing up I was so unathletic and uncoordinated that I'm like, I can't even watch this Yeah. because I'm so bad Because it made it. you feel so shitty. Yeah, but I would absolutely, <laughs> for sure, like I love going, you know, like I've been to like a few Rams games because I've done like work with them. Oh like, yeah, yeah. I would absolutely Rams, go yeah. to like, like a Laker game. I feel like because I'm close to LA and my family is like a Laker family, like I'm pretty much like indirectly connected to that. So if I had to like draw an Purple allegiance or something, yeah. Yeah. I mean, LeBron probably tonight broke the record, I think. Oh yeah. Tonight's the night. Yeah. I know I'm like a big Knicks fan, so I mean I'm like a big basketball person. Yeah. So it's like I, I religiously watch like basketball. Like I mean before I came here I'm like yeah, yeah. fucking making sure my team wins and making sure the teams that are below them in the playoffs lose. Like yeah. with my six year old daughter fucking screaming about the Knicks winning. So, yeah. Um no no I would be stoked to go to go to All Star Weekend. I think I've always wanted to go. I think I almost went to one where they had it uh, in Atlanta. Yeah. But she'd be pretty cool to do that. Yeah, because yeah. their stance is like the official sock. Yeah, I think so. And then they have like another event that they do, like Dwayne Wade. Um, and so... Oh, yeah, because he's part owner of the Utah Jazz. 
Did he really? Yeah. He bought oh, into no them. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it, like, I mean, it makes sense why. Yeah, yeah. Last year. Yeah. And the mural I'm doing for Stance is like a jazz themed mural. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be like my creative and like, you know, obviously like I'll post and people will see it, but like a creative interpretation, my creative interpretation via like my artistic style of uh, uh, John Stockton, Carl Malone, and Jordan oh. Clarkson. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Stockton to Malone. That's a cis combo. I always think it's crazy that they're still called the jazz because you know, like, you know the whole story. Yeah, yeah. They're from like originally from New Orleans. Yeah, and they, there's, they didn't have enough time to change their name. <laughs> yeah, they just fucking yeah. left it. I'm like, there's like no jazz music here. There's mountains. Like, why couldn't you be like the Rockies? Like, yeah. like even their mascot, I think, is something that's like like a Rockies kind of mascot, yeah. like or something. Like, I always think it's crazy. They're they're actually this season like it's their story this season is like so interesting because they had a fire sale basically. Mm-hmm. Like they got rid of all their star players. Yeah. Like in the off season, they're like, okay, they're tanking on purpose. They're gonna lose. They're trying to get that pick yeah. next year, and then all of a sudden they're like, wait, we're like in fourth place, like consistently all like, season. Wait, we're actually not. Like these, these yeah. young kids are like busting their ass. Yeah. Like this is kind of like, we didn't want it to work out this way, but we'll go with it. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. They're like, that's like I'm I'm like a big like NBA historian. Like I grew up like my dad was like a Knicks fan when I was a little kid and like I grew up watching like basketball since like the 80s since I was like five years old yeah. kind of thing um so when you told me that thing about the all-star weekend I was like oh my god that's yeah like the coolest thing um but it's awesome that you're working with them um and doing stuff now um probably wrap it up now um just with a little bit of uh surf stuff so primarily what kind of boards do you surf uh like, like what are you Santa into Barbara? yeah what I are you think. into like I just Pretty much ride like a log or like a glider or something. Uh huh. Um, and who are you getting them from? Like just random people? Uh, mostly a lot of the boards I ride are from my friend, one of my best friends, Joe Yi, who shapes up there. Uh-huh. Um, and so he, yeah, I mean a lot of my boards, like I have like this 11 footer that uh-huh. I ride all the time that he made, and I'm like a nose rider that he made. And then, I mean, we're sitting in my Airbnb and I have a board from Mike from Imperfects. It's like nice. Yeah, which is sick looking. Kind of like pulled in nose, and so. I think it's just the nature of Santa Barbara is just like, and also too, like with timing sometimes, I'm like, I don't have time to hunt down like the best, like I'll keep a smaller board in my car, but for the most part, I'm just like, I only got this window and a log will probably work. So I'm just going to like run with it kind of thing. Who are your favorite surfers who are up from that area? Um, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of local people who I just love watching. I think, I don't know. That's hard. I mean, Joe, who's like one of my best friends, who like makes a lot of the boards I ride, uh-huh. he can ride anything, and so it's always fun like surfing with him because he's so talented. And, but I mean, there's like a, a plethora of like local people who are just like naturally really good at mm-hmm. surfing, but yeah. they just have a regular day job, but they just happen to like rip, which I'm sure I mean that's the case for like a lot of people. But. Well, that's like what's his name, Troy Mothershead, like that guy. Oh like, yeah, I love Troy's awesome. He's but he's like a chef. Too. He's a wasn't he financial I thought he was something. A sh- Shit, I thought he was a chef. He does money stuff. Oh, well, you gotta make, pay the bills. I'm pretty sure. That's Troy, what, I'm see, pretty sure you do that, money stuff if you're listening. I, I think that's the cool thing too about this. Like, I don't even know what to call alter, alternative surf world. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. Like, do we have like 120 minutes? I don't even know. But like, yeah. But like, everybody has like day jobs, right? Like, that's what I love about it because it's like when you sit and talk to them, you know, they're like chefs or they work in finance or they're like scientists or they're like artists or like something like that like they're not just like surfers yeah like they're like yes i'm a surfer like this is my passion but i gotta put food on the table and i do this other stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. and i always find that like fascinating yeah uh, 
So I'm, I'm going to kind of close this up with like two, two questions. Um, the first one is if you could pick one place to surf, it could be a place you've surfed before or not that you could surf. Where would it be? Like what would be the break? Um, I don't, I think it would be awesome to go back. I haven't been in a long time, but to go back to the Philippines and surf oh, there, yeah. like with surrounded by people who I'm like, Oh, you guys are Filipino people too. Cause yeah. I mean, I'll go in the lineup in Santa Barbara and I'm like, it's just a bunch of white dudes, <laughs> you know? And so it's fun. Cause like a lot of my friends, like, like I have like a, a Korean homie who I surf with all the time. And like a bunch of like, like Pepe, like who I've mentioned this, you know, in this interview before he like, we'll go surf. like, I have a bunch of friends who are like Filipino or not Filipino, but like Asian or like Mexican wall surf. Uh -huh. And we call ourselves like the Brown surf team pretty much in Santa Barbara. That's pretty good. So, but I think going to the Philippines to be able to surf. They just, they're having a contest. They're like, I think it was just like a big log. log yeah, yeah, yeah. Vans is sponsoring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like next, they're doing two contests. So there's ones that Vans is sponsoring that they've done before pre-COVID. And then there's the Queen of the Point contest oh, series okay. that they're doing there. It's a female contest. Yeah. I think it's in March. Yeah. We were going to possibly go there, but it just like didn't work out. I've heard like there's like some amazing surf, like especially for longboarding. I heard there's like, yeah, so yeah. Much. Like people have shown me pictures and I'm like, I was like, dude, I'd rather go here yeah. than Hawaii. Like, to be honest, like I'm like, and I remember my friend Keith, um, uh, years ago, he was the one that was like, he's like, oh, do you want to go to Hawaii? Like it was like 25 years ago. He's like, yeah. He's like, go to, go to the Philippines. He's like, dude, it's like that. He's like, it's Hawaii. He's on to it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like Huff used to go. Like, oh, no way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He used to go with his family and stuff. That's Like awesome. on the DL. Like yeah, he was yeah. just like, he's like, no, no. He's like, he's like the flight sucks. Yeah. He's yeah. like, cause I have a fear of flying. So he's like, I know you're not. Oh, it's a long. Yeah. And he's like, but when you, he's like, dude, he's like, it's like how Hawaii was like 25 years ago. Yeah. Like it's like awesome and super cheap and like totally, beautiful yeah. and like non-polluted and yeah, like yeah. super chill. It's funny. My old, um, my old landlord, um, we rented the place that he owned and he was, uh, from the Philippines, from Manila, but his, oh, okay. his son ran like one of the surf camps. He was the one oh, who actually no turned me on to it the first time. This was like, I'm trying to think. Like six years ago, oh, okay. he showed me pictures. He's like, oh, like I thought he was just gonna be like, oh, here's a picture of my son. And then like he showed me, I was like, wait, what's this? And he's like, oh, that's their surf camp. Like, what is that like a good wave? I'm like, yeah, that looks like yeah, no, so that's sick. Amazing. Yeah. I was like, I want to go there. Yeah. Where is this? I remember he emailed us like the, the stuff. And um, yeah, that's a, that's a good spot to go. Um, in closing, um, who are the people you want to thank? Shout out, whatever you want to do. Yeah. Um... I mean, obviously thank you for like bringing me on and, and we, I mean, we were talking before this too. I think just everything that you do to just kind of like put on for all different types of people and just like, I try say things and do things that are just like make, you know, people who look like me, like feel heard. And so I just want to thank you just well, for doing that. And, um, I don't know. I mean, I wish I had more time to like thank more people. I'm, this, I'm this is where you get it in. So like they're happy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, for sure, I mean, obviously as, I mean, it kind of, it makes sense with this coming up, but like obviously my homies at Stance for putting me on and like, especially with this upcoming project and um, obviously I want to thank my wife for supporting yeah, me. Yeah, don't this. forget that one. That's Yeah, I got you. Yeah. <laughs> um, man, I don't know. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to email you. Okay. And you're going to have to just plug it in at the very I, end. I'll plug it in at the end. Yeah, right just end. like a soundbite of me going for 10 minutes. Like, blah, 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 blah. I mean, look, we're, we're, we're all here for like, you know, we all 
come to this place wherever we are in space and time because of a lot of people. And I always just say like, look, there's there's an infinite number of people that you could thank. Yeah. And that's how it is. Um, but thanks for sitting down. Thanks for doing yeah, your artwork. You. I love it. And uh, yeah, my daughter appreciates it too. Um, and yeah, we'll check you out. Right on. Thank you. Thanks so much for DJ for sitting down with us and doing the episode. We've been dying to do it for a while. It's been like a lot of back and forth. And during COVID, we're like, oh, do we do it over Zoom? Do we not? And I was like, you know what? I was like, I want to just chill with you. And uh, we had a great time uh, in this dope Airbnb that he was like hooked up with. Uh, I got to find out where it is because I, even though it's like really close to my house, I might do a staycation there. Anyway. It was great talking to him. It's also great to connect with people who are first-generation Americans. I've never really considered myself American. I'm an American citizen. I'm There's no such thing as American DNA unless you're Native American, uh, First Nation people. So I kind of never felt comfortable calling myself American. So I tend to connect with people who grew up in these environments where their families came from other countries and busted their ass and like taught them work ethic and open up their eyes to all different kinds of things. Um, great to sit down with him and really connect with him and really check out his artwork, check out what he's up to. Uh, we included some links in the description of this episode, so follow them. Um, and yeah, and if you're there during All-Star Week uh, this weekend, go to the Stance store, check out what he's doing. You know, I'm stoked for his connection with Stance and Vans, obviously. And uh, yeah, that's about it. But let's get back into the tracks. Let's listen to some more native tongues. Let's chill out. Let's have a good time. And I'll be back in a little bit uh, talking about some uh, wave science. Peace. what I am. I'm a jungle brother, a true blue brother, and I've been to many places you'll never discover. Step to my side, suckers running hot. Africa's in the house, they get petrified. You wanna know why? I'll tell you why. Because they can't stand the sight of the jungle. Ah, they never fight a fuss, they never curse a cuss, they just stand on the side and stare at us. They get out of line, I put them on a vine, and give them one big push for all mankind. There ain't nothing to it, I just go ahead and do it. I lay down the jungle sound and run right through it. And when I'm on the mic, I never stutter or stumble because I'm a jungle brother. Straight, Straight out, the, out jungle. the jungle. Cool and quiet. We're quick to start up a riot. I write the rhyme. Bums and sis to bite it. I wear no gold around my neck. Just black medallions. I show the homes of three black stallions. I don't care for fear. Because fear fears me. Out of ten ways of dying. The first my G. I'm harder than the hardest, hardest hard can get. Africa and I was Sammy B's on the set. I kicked the rhyme to the girl and she became my pet. I lent the sucker some juice and now he's still in debt. The sucker said he wasn't scared but still in all he sweat. A poor man became rich because of me he bet. My brother's searching high and low. They're looking for me. Where will they find In me? the J-U-N-G-L-E. It's like a jungle sometimes, it makes me wonder how I keep from going under. It's like a jungle sometimes, it makes me wonder how I keep from going under. It's like a jungle. 
struggle to live, struggle to live, struggle to survive, struggle, struggle, just to stay alive. Cause inside the jungle, either you do or you die. You got to be aware, you got to have the jungle life. Take it from a brother who knows my friend. The animals and cannibals will do you in. Cut your throat, cut your throat, stab you in the back, back, back. Untamed animals just don't know how to act. It's unbelievable, uncivilized. uncivilized. And now I'm starting to realize. Danger in the jungle, jungle. the jungle means danger. danger. Tension intense, hearts filled with anger. anger. Men killing men just because of one's color. In this lifetime, I see nothing dumber, so I think. Before I make a move, make sure my rhyme goes along with the groove. Never acting on a brother when it's time to rumble. My name's Mike G, Mike G. and I'm straight out of jungle. Jump. Listen, missions I do work um as a crack the monotone chilling of the jazz so get your own smoking on a beat cause they try to dupe me of the best of the back but they can't do rock for us abstract original you can't get your own and that's pitiful I know I be the man if I cold yank the plug on R&B but I can't and that's wrong I used to smoke the weed out. Alicia, he's my homie. 
to say I had to be out. Scheming on the bookies with the crazy booming back buns. Pushing on the real hard just so we can have the big fun. When I left Marissa, I was Boulevard status. Battling the MC was when Tip was at his maddest. It was one MC after one MC. What the world could they be wanting? See from little old me. Do I have the formula to save the world? Or was it just because I used to swipe the women and all the girls? I'm the type of brother with the crazy extended hand, kid. This my all my brothers. I was all up with my man did. Supposed to be my man, but now I wonder because you're feeble. I go out with the strongies and I separate the eagles. It's your brain against my mind. My nose about to boot out. Or your nasty kid is even though you see I'm bug out.
which is in spiritual essence. And he goes by the name of the... Check the world, won't that answer get God effing Shit I like butt shots, hood, madman I rip up stages, lay down your waist Sound wild like Larry Davis Extra, extra, pick up a clip I tear ass out the frame And grab my dick All the rappers like a robot kid I drop bombs, I'm rugged and deadly So I shit on a penny A baseball bat, a bastard I'm bad news, I'm crazy and clever Cut those up my skills are pono. You say, oh no, you bitch ass homo. I bag up weight, electrifying, I'm prime time. I slaughter slime. I'm the greatest of all times. Sick ass brother, nasty ass nigga. Pump slugs in your face. You jump that ass in the river. Two tears in the bucket, fucking kick the can. Say what, say what? I'm a bad, bad man. Quick is how I flip from the tip of the lip. Punching out hits like Gladys Knight and the Pips. The five foot assassin has just raided your area. Your booty rounds are whack, and that's the reason I ain't hearing you. So, pull out the red carpet, cause I'm getting this. Vanilla ice platinum? That shit's ridiculous. Excuse my French, but profanity is all I knew. And do your other sellouts or your FQ2 and let it be known. I'm not the one to step to. You're better off calling D nice to your rescue. Freestyle fanatic, probably the best around. As for corny MC, like Chuck D, I shut him down. The article dying of hip hop, and I won't stop. The five foot assassin has come to wreck no shot. So do like Michael Jackson and remember the time. Put on your dancing shoes or something, cause you sure can't rhyme. Big up, big up, into new identity. Next one says something, call your boss and tell me. What does it take to check a technique? Many styles, many styles. Hostile heat brings first the energy. Mollow in the dance is the new identity. What two mic checks select for the rough neck set? Ten to one bet, I come correct. In my cyphers of blocks, I bring box to connect with knots. So I can throw dreadlocks. Maintain the rock, don't stop the rock. Maintain the rock, don't stop the rock. Kick it right there, now it wants it not. I would rock dog up, but fear is fear. So see brown, are we in the clear? Yeah. See brown, are we in the clear? Yeah, make your moves, y'all. On and on and on. Check it, check it out. To the brick of brick of dawn. Yes, one of the L-O-N-S. And I drive for quest. East coast to west. Remix mad kick. More than Metallica. Tall and peace fall like the Battlestar Galactica. Stampin', stompin', rompin', compton'. I will tell you why. Oh, 
life, my loathing go and see brown. Shaheed myself and bust the bus down. We'll commence to rock, so bring out the flocks. Interrogation for the knocking of the box. The boom box ruler controls the medulla. None come cooler, I went like Shula. So bust out the move as you start to pursue her. Intensify my non blunt consumer. Typical booty, well, it's only a rumor. The meaning's so deep that it starts brain tumors. He's the hood baby from the midnight cooler. Smoke him up later, if not, then sooner. What we gonna do in 92, even though we had fun in 91. When you feel my days are beam coming down, run up, run up, no sound, leaving cracks in the ground. What's going on, my man? God damn, I know my brain is hurting. Listen up, bust up, rhythm will hit him, then I get him. Flip on him, shade on him, head on him, then I will sit on him. Open up your mouth if you want the food to get food. Flip toes, cause I'm in the mood. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Yeah, man, that's how it goes. Body get my cup, blood coming out the nose. Give me your band-aid, what are you asking for? More, holy and sacred and pure. Adverse, exact, check it in the bust a new rap, rap, bust the rhymes, or bust this written rhymes. Here y'all in 92, I'm packing my round spray. Anyway, take a lick, drive for West leaders of the new school, bad turtle and still thick. Then my dragon baby stop whining. I see my influence still shattered. More crazy in 92. Uh oh, time to go. Yo, that's the Welcome back to Volume 83 of the Bodega Border Crew podcast. Hope you've been digging the tracks. I'm really stoked to put in that the Scenario remix. I remember when Low End Theory came out and the Scenario single came out, there was that B-side. And I think I had it on a cassette tape. I don't think it was even on CD or anything. It was kind of tough to track down and still tough to track down digitally. The, the version that I played on this episode is literally an MP3 file I have from over 20 years ago. I mean, that's why it's a little like crunchy and crispy and stuff. Um, it's been copied on a gazillion computers and luckily I still have it. Uh, so I'm really happy to share that. Uh, but let's do a little housekeeping. This is the Bodega Border Crew podcast. Make sure to check us out on Instagram at Bodega Border Crew. Make sure to check out our website, bodegabordercrew.com where we have merch, we have videos, we have blog entries, we have a lot of stuff. Send more traffic that way. Also, if you want to support this brand, if you want to support what I'm doing, buy some stuff. I mean, it's not like I'm telling you to give me Patreon money or like some GoFundMe bullshit. I'm just saying, hey, get a t-shirt, get a, a board bag, get stickers, get zines, whatever you want to do. Also, make sure to check out this episode description on your iTunes player for tracks and links to things that we're talking about. Next thing I want to talk about, I don't know how to phrase this. I guess it's, I'll kind of back it up a little bit and say, you know, me being someone who came to surfing later in life, I'm trying to look at every possible advantage I could gain in surfing and save as much time and uh, not waste time, not waste energy. And I surf that way too. I'm I don't I don't like flap my feet all around when I'm paddling. Like I'm trying to conserve energy. I just kind of look at everything in life in that way. So it's almost like playing a video game for me. Like I kind of think of like how do you make this the easiest way possible? Like what's the cheat code? while still being authentic to the thing you're doing. And one of the things I realized that I've been pretty good at is understanding how waves work. And sometimes I talk to people and I'll, you know, we'll be at some spot and we'll, they'll ask me, they'll be like, oh, where should I sit? And I'm kind of like, oh, you should sit here because X, Y, and Z. And I just realized over the last 
month that it's something over the course of the last 10 years I've really learned a lot about. So I wanted to share some of that knowledge and I wanted to kind of point people to a direction to make surfing more fun and easier for themselves. Now, I will preface this and say most of what I've learned here is from a book called Surf Science. And it's, I just realized now, I thought it was easy to get because I got it years ago, but I guess it's hard to get now. You could get a digital copy for your Kindle or for your iPad, and I actually recommend getting those. And I'll tell you why, because those copies have scientific models that are animated and explain some of the concepts better. Now it's written by a scientist, but it's written in a way that people can really understand. I've included a link to Surf Science. I don't have any association with it. I'm not making any money off of it, but just to point you in the right direction of where you could get it from. In that book, the thing that I love is that they really explain the, they dumb down the basic nature of how waves work. You know, hey, there's a storm out in the, let's say the, the North Pacific, boom, it creates a ripple. There's all these uh, increments, you know, all this kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden it hits the shore and what is it doing? And I think it's a really good book for people to check out. Uh, again, get the digital version because it does lay the foundation of like what I've learned and what I expand upon. And I go back to it every once in a while, like at least once a year and kind of freshen up on some of the stuff. But the basic thing I will say is this, is that you want to understand the wave you're surfing, whether it be your local wave or one that's like a vacation wave or a wave that you just found as quick as possible. So you're wasting as least time as possible, because the worst thing you can do is go to a spot that you're really excited to go to. Like, let's say if you go to Hawaii and you wind up going at the wrong time and sitting in the wrong spot and paddling around and not catching the waves that you want and leaving bummed. You know, that's the last thing you want. So some of the tips I'm giving you here are things to just make it a little bit easier. The first thing I say is get a little notebook journal that you could keep in your car. And I'll explain to you why this is important. Pen, keep it there. Always keep it in your car or in your backpack, whatever is the, the thing that's with you almost every time you surf, whether it be a board bag or something like that, keep it with you. The reason why I'm saying this is that you should probably take notes on when you're having the best session you've ever had at a particular spot. So let's say if you go to church and you walk away and you're saying, hey, out of one to 10, that was like a nine experience I had. Remember that and immediately when you're in your car, open up your phone, go to Surfline, check the conditions that were at the time that you had that experience and mark it down. Tide, wind direction, uh, swell direction, swell interval, swell height, the whole thing, mark that down. And that's gonna give you a good foundation of knowing, hey, at this particular spot when it was X, Y, Z, this is when I had my best session. So I know in the future, when I go look at Surfline or I go look at any kind of weather information, weather maps, I could match it up to that. That's the most basic thing I recommend everyone to do. And there used to be an app that someone was trying to um, promote that basically did that, which was like kind of cool. And it's kind of disappeared. I don't know where it went. I didn't remember I downloaded it. So that's sort of where I got the idea for that. And I do it from time to time. I'm not the best at doing it just because by force of nature, I actually know like anybody who knows me, I surf basically like four or five spots and I'm kind of like on it. I know like, hey, it's gotta be this swell direction, it has to be this swell period. It has to, you know, the tide has to be at this thing. The wind has to be at this. So that's the most basic thing. The other thing that I recommend doing, if you have a Surfline account, or even if you don't, download it. If there's a spot that you're either going to or that you're local to, 
figure out when the extreme low tide is at that spot. And when it is, take a screenshot of that spot. And what that's gonna do is it's gonna show you the, the bathymetry of the spot. And what I mean by bathymetry is the depths and what's underneath. So I've done it before with like Church and Doheny and stuff like that. And let's say when it's a negative one tide, it's like the best time to do that, to take those screenshots. And you can really see what is going to be underneath the water where the waves are breaking. And it helps you understand what's refracting the water and how quick it refracts it. Whether there be a sandbar there, whether there be a big rock, whether there be a reef. I think it's a really good thing to do. And I've done it with all the spots I love, like Sano, I have it. I have it for Doheny. I have it for um, Church. I have it for a couple of my Hawaii spots. I mean, Hawaii, the, the tide doesn't change that much, so you really can't tell. Um, but California, we get, and coastal the United States, both East Coast and West Coast, we get huge tide swings. So I recommend doing that. That's a really important thing. Um, the other thing that I recommend is understanding how temperature affects wind. A lot of people seem to focus too much on tide and swell direction and swell height, and they forget the wind factor. The wind factor could make or break a spot. I mean, you could have a small swell and if there's no wind, it's a great shaped wave. Or you could have a huge swell and shitty wind and it's like the most miserable experience in the world. So the basic rule of thumb is this, is that air heats faster on land, over land than it does over the ocean. And because of that, what you wind up developing is when the land gets really hot, is the air becomes lighter and rises faster because it's hotter and that creates a vacuum effect that makes the wind pull quicker from the ocean onto the shoreline. So if you think about the Pacific Ocean in Southern California, it's relatively cold compared to the land in the summertime. That's why most places get blown out by the time it's like, let's say, 9.30, 10 a.m. Because at that point in the summertime, the land has heated up enough that that air rises and sucks and it ruins your experience. Now, why I'm saying this is to understand this is you want to time your session with when the wave, wind, tide, all that's going to be the most perfect. So by understanding that, you can kind of look at what temperature it's going to be in the morning and how fast it rises to when you should be in the water. Okay, because the, the worst thing you want to do is like wait for it to look great and then you go out and then it sucks. You want to kind of be ahead of the curve. So if you understand how that high low pressure system works and which direction the wind's going to come from, then it's a lot easier. Now, obviously you have stuff like Santa Ana winds, you have these um, weather anomalies that are going to change that. But if you understand the basics of it, you're going to be there at the prime time. Okay, you're really going to understand what it is. Um, the other thing I recommend, especially if you're going to a new spot, and this is something that someone turned me on to. When I first started surfing church, I remember someone telling me, hey, always look at where Tyler or JJ are sitting and sit about five to 10 feet away from them. They're always gonna know the perfect spot. That's the other thing about this, about selecting waves. People who have surfed spots their whole life, they know exactly where and when to sit. And it's really good to just observe them. Even if you're not gonna sit by them, the first couple of times, just observe where they take off, where they sit, where they're sizing up the wave. And you can learn a lot from it. I know I've learned a lot from JJ and Worm in terms of church, exactly where they sit and where they take off. Because a lot of times like people will look at like where Worm takes off and they'll be like, well, why is she sitting there? And all of a sudden she'll take off on the left, right? And so there's, 
there's that thing where you're basically absorbing the information like a sponge about people who've been there. Um, the last thing I'm going to say about this is this. Surfline's a great tool, but that's all it is. It's, it's a tool. It's not God. It's not going to predict the universe. And one thing that they get really wrong is this color coding system. Their color coding system is absolute fucking bullshit. It is the worst thing. Like they will say it's green and it is fucking miserable out there. Never pay attention to their color coding system. It's really, it. I think it lines up maybe 20% of the time with how good your wave experience is going to be. What I recommend using Surfline for, besides the screenshot thing I mentioned before, is the cams and the actual live weather information. Now, some of the spots they have, they have live um, wind uh, measurements. Use it for that. Use it for the tide. Use it for the buoy readings. But based on the other knowledge that you learn, you'll be able to come up with your own idea if it's a good day or not. Because I know a lot of times I'll look at Surfline and they say it's not going to be good, like there'll be that light teal color. But I can look at the report and say, okay, an hour from now, the wind is actually going to die down or switch around. So you're going to have about 40 minutes of dead dead wind. So that's that's a positive thing. So that takes texture off the top of the water and doesn't crumble the wave or stack it up too high. And then the tide is doing a certain thing, is pushing the water out ver against a small swell that's only like two feet. And that is me coming up with my own version of the experience versus them giving me a color code. So whether it be magic seaweed or them don't really use it for their like marking of like if a, hey it's gonna be epic like they say dumbass shit like that all the time i mean that's why we all call surf lies really use it as the tool that it is like there's a reason they give you all that other information below don't ignore that other information below that's almost more important than their little like hey it's good it's epic it sucks whatever it is really pay attention to that pay attention to the little things and this brings us back to surf science the reason why I say this is because surf science taught me how to understand those numbers. Because for most people, you're like, well, there's like a primary swell, there's a secondary swell, there's a third tertiary swell, like all this, like which one is the one that I'm tracking, blah, blah, blah. Unless you really understand what those things are going to do and, and intervals and how they inter overlap, you're going to kind of have a, not a miserable experience. You're just going to be doing a lot of guesswork. Um, so I recommend really trying to find a copy of surf science there's a lot of used copies uh i think it's like 10 or 12 bucks to download like the ipad version or i think you could now if you have a mac i think you could even use the the book reader that's on uh on your laptop or your desktop computer to download the the virtual version or whatever you want to call it um and then you could also read it on your phone so i highly recommend getting that book it's it's, it's a really good book and it's really where i've learned a lot and like I said, I go back to that book a lot of times. I'll definitely go back like once a year and kind of freshen up and be like, oh shit, I forgot about this, blah, blah, blah. But they explain a lot of stuff about, you know, what swell height actually means and what swell interval means. You know, like a lot of people don't realize, like if you have a swell interval that's below, let's say 10 seconds, 99% of the time that's wind swell. So that's just going to be wind pushing. That's not ground swell. Versus if you have like a 16 second interval, that's going to be a thicker, fatter wave. And at some spots, that's what you want, right? You want a thicker, fatter wave to hit a certain reef at a certain angle, at a certain tide, with the wind blowing a certain way, and you know it's gonna be good. So that's just a, some some stuff I've learned. I thought I'd share it. Um, I've Again, it's this comes from me speaking to a lot of people I surf with and what we do and a lot of things that we talk about in the lineup and trying to make it just the most efficient experience. Again, just like, 
the equipment you choose and your fitness level and your diet and also your mental t uh, mind frame and how you go into surfing. This is another one of the pieces of the puzzle that for me, I'm very grateful in a way that I came to surfing much later in life because I've had to, I hate using the word life hack because I think it's like fucking some influencer bullshit, but I've had to like hack my way into making, you know, make up for like 10 to 20, 30 years that I've lost uh, not surfing. Um, so yeah, so check out the links. Um, I hope this was helpful in some sort of way. Um, if you guys have any other tips, uh, just message me. You know, I'm always here. So I'm kind of interested in hearing about it. So anyway, hope that helps. But enough of me talking, enough of the spiel. I think it's time to get to some... Uh, some more native tongues tracks. So let's get back into the tracks and I'll check in with you guys in a little bit with some short takes. Peace. So dope that you just might choke Don't bite on something that you can't chew And don't trail behind when I'm coming through Fronting the feel that you really can't feel Cause you're trying to feel what's on my real to real A tree is growing Can't you see what I see? A ripe new fruit to boot We count to ten before we pass the coots Now that's family Equipped with the brothers and the sisters And the sisters and the brothers And all the others With the funky flares The bugged out hairs It's the life of Riley I'm really ready Gazing at the Gallifield rap the cool June bugs, the wicks, the wax, praise the rhythms for what it be, and praise the Lord for the JBs. Isn't it cool when you cut your hand and the blood is red instead of sellout green? This is not music for an R&B mind. This is flower intertwined with a vine. In other words, this is rough. You see what I mean or see what Grandpa Bam saw? The funk we transmit is unstable. One condition if I am able to say. Yes, you well, hey, let's get on with it. Vocal confetti is thrown sometimes spit it. Out the vents of hecklers and fans. Either which way they all hop on the band. The band, the band. Here comes the band. A tribe of fingers all on one hand. Me, myself, and I is dark. Moni love the mouthpiece is now yours to spark. Sister Moni, the only one here who missed the plane back to London. Resided with my brothers and I learned a lot from them. About the groove, how to be smooth and plain funky. And sometimes you write it, it's kind of funky, but it's cool. But we are beyond the stereotype. Coordination crazy, but still it sounds hype. Rocking off and on beat, and I do believe I'm right. You're right. Am I wrong? Yes. Yeah, Don't be mad, be glad I missed the plane. I'm staying with my brother's jungle soul and the tribe. I'm staying. Funky, funky rhymes that always stay in swing. I believe we're doing our own thing. Trends from soul to soul on two loose ends, and our men sign groups like Girl, him. That's where the money's at, honey. Yeah, the industry's filled with copycats, RB mixed with sloppy raps. Tribes like us always open doors, but what for? So you can get yours, you ain't into it, all you want is profit. So I ask you, please, to stop it. Leave me alone, get off my bone, cause I'm doing my own. A new seed, a new breed, 
A new menu to feed the greed. A new pair of boots for a new piece of butt. Sweet daddy, are you there? Spinning back for a rap that's laid back. Ready to kick back, those give no slack. I may rock around or may start to sing, but still, I'm doing my own thing. In comes the mood of jungle and daisies. Play the thing and let the vibes raise me. All hold hands and let's walk about. Form a circle and talk about. Don't follow the path that we're stepping. Truth to the soul is what I'm cramming. Reasons for this is the family stronger, like Bob Marley said. Seeing's believing, so see and believe. And let the groove of the new proceed. A whole bunch of love, peace, signs, and fun. So let's do what's got to be done, you know? Like move a party side to side Sway for sway and stride for stride First fine tune, then hit volume Or sheep hit the bass and got the boom So move to a rhythm that's quite uplifting Just when you're full that nothing would arise I'm drifting higher, yeah higher I'm not a king, a prince, a ruler, or a squire I'm not a prophet and I'm not a messiah I'm not a wolf or another flat tire Listen, I'm the black sheep man, oh yeah, I'm here And even if you turn, I bet your girlfriend stares at me And with me, you step, she just might come get me Not slow, but with a bound and leap She'll be pulling my wool And what else? Count black sheep One sheep, two sheep, three sheep Black sheep, don't stop One sheep, two sheep, three sheep Come on, y'all. Two sheep, three sheep, black sheep, double child. Two sheep, three sheep, black sheep. It's a black sheep, La Costa, Nostra, or thing of ours. A family affair that overflows the reservoir. Of dollar short in daily sports, we don't know what to do because I'm walking you, walking you, walking you. Now listen, because in a unit or family, papa or mama and brothers and sisters see an atmosphere of love and ear can give a clue, a hunch to the way we all became Black Brady Bunch. Okay. Two, continue. There's a sister who is bright, a brother who's a whiz, another that's not right stays out all damn night. You wake him up too early, cursing, ready to fight. You say left and he says right. So you wanna see E.C., but brother dear puts on porno. Love the family pet, I bet you even feed him rave. Brother cooks your tabby in the microwave. You probably swipe your wallet if the light got dim. Now you have your doubts, but you never put it past them. And in the end, on that one, you never sleep. Never sleep. Cause he's a black sheep. One sheep, uh, two sheep, uh, three sheep, uh, yeah. black sheep, uh, one sheep, uh, yeah. two sheep, uh, three sheep, uh, black sheep, uh, two sheep, uh, three sheep, uh, black sheep, uh, one sheep, uh, two sheep, uh, three sheep, uh, What's up, party people? Party people, how you doing? Black sheep coming through, and then I guess that we're pursuing a bit of your time. We'll skip over my sign and get into a beat. 
and a baseline. Step into the fellas, fellas, peace and how you be. Keep the party orderly, we all can get booty. So before your riff, go play the ball again. Chill, count to ten, and bring me back a Heineken. Cuties, 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 with the hoes? I knows and you knows that I know you know. No jam complete without a flock of bow peeps. Am I right? Am I, am I, am I right? Quite. Focus that I see tonight be the epitome of sexy. Then again, it's just me. Honey, next to you might look like doo-doo, but don't nap, a cutie might be in a crew. In any event, I see the movement and wonder where it is that the time went. But I'm out, see you when the sun goes down and the black sheep are in your town throwing down. Be there in a second, so don't sleep. And if you do, count the sheep. One sheep, two sheep, three sheep, black sheep. One sheep, two sheep, three sheep, black sheep. Ooh, one sheep. I am down, down to earth, and I'll tell you why. For what it's worth, open up your eyes. Greet the birth of the new sunrise. Anyway, besides conceitment, one of the roots of evil, the treatment. A swift kick up the butt, so how you feel about that? I got this down package due to the fact I'm down to earth. Beef off the bass in the speaker, live off the mic, I swear that I'ma reach you. Being today what I was yesterday, and telling you, hey, there's no need for me to play. I say, I say, I say, who's title's been revoked? What is this, a joke? Am I supposed to vote? Well, then vote for who? Is it me or him or you know what I think is true? That vibe is through. Being realistic is something that's designed instead of playing high post, perpetrating you messiahs. This and that and this and that, but that's beside the point. Purpose, meaning, direction is joint. Simone Moni Mo demonstrates to a T, the one down to earth. I do believe it's me. So load them up, roll them out, let the fakers flee. And let nature work like it does for me, because I'm down to earth. Your mouth if you got nothing constructive to say positivity the move negativism the way hey you really think up with the games that you play stop think for a while indeed the answer is nay a powder monkey no funky yes tied no cosmetics is certainly not the money so go blow big toe till you blow up but for now try to grow up Now, I'ma slam dunk this. This is how I'ma cold funk this. Joint all the way up. And the main point, false if I sucks. What up? Why not? You don't believe I can say it? I play your game better than you even play it. Confront the situation head on like a collision. Think you something that you not, you want a mission. Try to include me in your dumb misconception. I ain't having a cause for rejection. I'm satisfied with how I look naturally. So how you feel? Whoops, mistake was made, but I won't dwell on it. Grow teeth or head swell on it. After all, you entitled to act like a jerk. I refuse to. Yeah. 
Welcome back to volume 83 of the Bodega Board Crew podcast. Hope you've been digging the tracks, native tongue style. I love doing these theme episodes. Uh, they challenge me in like picking songs and, you know, making sure I don't pick the obvious songs. Like, I especially with this, like I was like, I don't want to pick the obvious songs that everyone's heard a gazillion times because then it's just going to be boring. So I tried to mix it up and um, hopefully you guys dig that. But let's do a little housekeeping. This is the Bodega Border Crew podcast. Make sure to check us out on Instagram at Bodega Border Crew. Make sure to check out our website, bodegabordercrew.com, where we have merch, we have videos, we have a bunch of other stuff. Uh, we'll be posting more and more. Might be doing some interviews on there. I'm not exactly sure. Also, make sure to check out uh, this episode description on your iTunes player for track listings and things that we're talking about. And right now, I want to get into some short takes. So the first short take I have is realistically a real short take. I think it's like only like 20 something seconds long, but it's this little clip that uh, they that Almond Surfboards put out with Andy Needless. And Andy rides for them and he has a signature model for them. And this is him riding his signature model. I love this clip for a couple reasons. One, I love his surfing. Like it's not something I could ever do or I'm, how could I explain it? I don't think it's a style that I necessarily want for myself but he's like an absolute fucking wizard. Like in this one clip, he does everything you could possibly do on a surfboard. And I love watching him like in person surf because that's exactly what it's, un it's, it's like Houdini. It's like sleight of hand. I mean, it's, it's just unbelievable to watch him. And I love this clip because in like a 120 something cl second clip, he shows everything he could do on his signature board that's like unbelievable to watch. So there's a link to it, check it out. Hope you guys dig it. The second short take is uh, this video I found that Kirk Putnam did with uh, Mollusk Surf Shop. So I guess he has some association with them where he's making these uh, hull inspired boards or basically his style boards. Uh, and uh, the one that he's talking about in this video is the P40. And he talks about how it was inspired by the hot generation and Wayne Lynch and wide point in the middle and the double ender, uh, hearing him speak about this stuff. And I've heard him speak about boards before is really enlightening. I also, when it comes to shorter board surfing, to be honest, the hot generation is like one of my favorite things to watch. It's why I went through a whole like hull phase when I lived up in LA and I was just like so into it and, and edge boards and V bottoms and Greeno. And it was like, it just was like such a turn on to me. And this board that he's talking about, I'm actually thinking about buying because I've been on that Bonzer kick, uh, mostly because I take him out to Hawaii, but I haven't been to Hawaii in like to surf in like two, three years now. And so when I try to take my Bonzers out to like anything around here, they just, it's just, the waves are too slopey for it. So I'm thinking I should get on one of these boards after watching this. Like, I think it's gonna be like a fun church board. Uh, so check out this video, check out the uh, MPE line that they have at Mollusk. The boards look amazing. Uh, I'm gonna probably go up to Santa Barbara and go take a look at some of them uh, and see what they're like. But anyway, Kirk's awesome. I think what he brings to surfing and what he's keeping alive is so important, especially with people like Scott Anderson not around anymore and so forth. So uh, yeah, check it out. The last short take I'm gonna talk about is this clip that Lost Not Found magazine put out. Uh, Lost Not Found, based out of Hawaii. Awesome, awesome people. They do a lot of amazing work. Kyoki shoots for them. They just do like great work. I, I, I love what they're about and I especially love their video stuff. And this one has uh, Johnny Michael Van, I forget how to say his name. 
Hazenstein, Hazenstein, something like that. But otherwise known as Johnny the Ripper, he's an amazing longboarder. And it's him talking about the boards that he serves, the Kai Silas boards, and the fact that he's going to be competing in the WSL longboard tour, which everybody knows my feeling about it. I think it's a fucking, that tour is a bunch of bullshit because a tour requires more than three stops. I mean, what is that, a triplet? That's not a fucking tour, it's some bullshit. But I'm really happy for him because he's an amazing surfer and you just get a little quick insight into what he does and what he has to say. I also just like this clip because it's not your typical surf clip uh, that uh, Lost Not Found magazine did. I like the art direction of it. Um, I like the music. And uh, before I pick this clip, to be honest, there was another clip I was gonna pick of someone else surfing and there uh, actually three people surfing. That was really amazing. And one of the biggest turnoffs was the music fucking sucked. And no, I'm not gonna promote a fucking clip that you pick shitty music. Like just cause you like the Grateful Dead doesn't mean you have to I have to deal with that shit. Like, to be honest, I think they're the worst, one of the worst fucking bands ever. Um, and that's like saying a lot. So that was just like a fucking turn off right there. But that's the thing I like about this. Um, and uh, I like the art direction. I like the surfing. I like the music. I think we need a change up, you know, in terms of like, we don't, no more white boy reggae, no more fucking shitty surf music, no more. And I'm not saying use fucking hip hop, like just fucking open your mind, people, you know, we, you know, put in some shoegaze, put in some fucking, put in a rare John Fushante track. Again, another reason I love the crew over at Silent Rock. They use funky music. But anyway, check out this clip. Let me know what you think. And uh, yeah, that's about it. But that's the that's the end of this Native Tongues inspired episode. You know, rest in peace. It's a bummer. Uh, we have an opportunity in the next two weeks to make. Uh, De La Soul's albums fly off the shelves, literally, and I think we all should contribute to that because of the contribution they've made to music. And we've lost a lot of people from the native tongues, like Fife, and uh, the legacy that they created as individual groups, but also as a collective, is everlasting. You know, from Common to Pharrell to Kanye, everyone's been highly influenced by them, and. If you haven't really heard their music or just forgot about it, like start digging in the crates, go back, take a look. I hope this episode inspired you to do that. And uh, yeah, check out their music. But anyway, I wanna end this episode on our famous last words. No need to bust a craze when you go out there. Have fun, have a good time. By the way, that fucking, I, I gotta say something as a side note when I say this, the opposite of this is there's a girl that serves at Balsa all the time on it looks like a weight tools board that has some weird checkerboard art, art airbrushing on it and almost every time that we go there she drops in and cuts us off like a gazillion times and the last time we went and surfed there i happened to get in front of her on a wave and the shit that came out of her mouth was shit i would never even say and i have a really disgusting mouth and that's the opposite of what i'm talking about we're not going to have 100% Aloha out, but that shit where she could cut off like a zillion people and then like the one time someone cuts her off, she fucking goes ballistic like that is a bunch of bullshit. Please don't be that person. You're fucking ruining surfing by being that. doesn't matter how good you rip, you look like a fucking asshole. So let's not do that. Anyway, check you out next time. See you in the water. Peace. Speed up ass.
average MCs of the times Unlike them, we grab gems So systematically inclined to pen lines Without saying the producer's name all over the track Yeah, I said it What you need to do is get back to reading credits Read the medics alphabetically stuck on that English shit Now, but now, before, before that short shot Pure rock, okay, bro From the top of the key for three villain Been on in the game as long as he can really swing Turn the corner spinning, bust that ass and get up Dust off the mask, rub a laugh, give him a head up He got jumped, it pumped his adrenaline He said it made him tougher than a bump of raw medicine To write all night long, the hourglass is still slow Flow from hellborn to free power like Lil' Cole And still owe bills, pay dues forever Slave use when it comes to who's more cleverer Used to wore leather goose feet with the fur collar And charge the fee for loose leaf words per dollar You heard holler, broad or dude we need food Teams for sure, the streets or seem rude For fam like the partridges Pardon him for the mix-up Battle for your tarry cartridges Or put your kicks up, it's a stick I put your blicks up These really cold cuts is full like penile flicks Give him 20 The danger in his eyes will let you know he's a brawler Bring your tallest champs like that much taller Ten pounds heavier One step ahead of it Vocab, stamina, style's all irrelevant Camps and clicks, units, squad crews and clans You knew like two can salmon them. He eat rappers like part of a complete breakfast. Their rhymes ain't worth the weight of their cheap necklace. String them up, bring them up on the whack junk snack. And get that out your hand, punk, jump and get your dunk smacked. Foul, we all know the rules, bro. You slow, you blow the super, you fools. Hills on boss like you go. You go lights, camera, action with no makeup. We nail out to the death, or at least until we break up. A couple of nice guys who finished first So nice try, but the prize is eyes dispersed They say the good die young So I added some badass to my flavor To prolong my life over the drum Everyone cools off from being hot It's about if you can handle being cold or not And we were sold to hot But no one's dick by Prince Paul We stayed original ever since, y'all First to do a lot of things in the game But the last to say it No need to place it on a scale to win And don't do it for the praise or the raise the ball Yeah, this phrase anyway is so amazing, all oh, the three L.I. brothers from the other way of thinking, hey, your ladies winking, I think you need to control that, or oh, I have to hold that. The elements are airborne, I smell the success. Yo, let's cookie cut this shit and get the gingerbread, man. Sacrifice mics and push drugs to these rappers. Puff ponies till I turn blue in the lips. Sipping broads like 7-Up, so refreshing. I finger pop these verses like first dates, the birth date, September 2-1, With a capital G, ball in the beat. Status Chris Paul or John Wall in the league. Grab a mic till the knuckles will bleed. Cause I believe the potent and I'm potent. Have you geek like speed? If rationale is natural, it will weave. It's all edges and peace. Setting press free on a permanent speed. I'm in the world with my princess player. Ain't you feeling my beta? And my lower grows greater and greater. Pim trails drop poisonous vapors. Have you shaking like Gator? Been trill, nigga, process to data. Blu ray wave, follow a beta. I DVR through later. Copper Massa with a G to my waiter. You can't 
find us X, Y, Z. It's the generational elitist. Happy cheating, virtual think pieces. See this written words from medical science. Brains defiant. Thoughts heavy, baby. They're a major appliance. Leave a tad when dropping to flyness. Do a giant. Dude's nice. He tight screwed in with some pliers. Cool with some buyers. Yeah, nigga. Cool with some growers. Never know tattletales. Only I don't know us. Yeah, show me generation. Show us what you gon' show us. So listen, mommy. See, we could collude with a boy. Mouthpiece like coins with a jubilant noise. Dude's And it's useless as coins Shoot them boys Versed and rehearsing The soothing the loins Talk to Joey Earl Kendrick Cole Gatekeepers afloat They are extensions Of instinctual soul It's the highest A commodity grade And you can get it today Telly is low, cuddle bunny ready to go. Day of the dead, bury all the zombies instead. And it's just your aftermath, bust the cut in your dress. Will Slee and niggas, ride your niggas, UFC. Smoke tree on niggas, is a lot your USB. Surge pricing on these Ubers, I'ma give me a cab. Yeah, where'd your be at? Arriving on impeccable grass, I'll be in my seat, waiting for that law to pass. Cash it, been waiting for a Ted's title since last. Richard Todd, Todd Bowles, gang green on that ass. Magic Mike on the mic, David Blaine Douglas Henning. In the church of Buster Browns, it's my sermon you get it. Horizontal spitting, I'm the exorcist of your witness. Don't get too rubby, nigga. Sorry, that's a sin and forgiving. Like, I would be skipping on bees like cooking crack in the kitchen. Uh, wait, just start the pack and dry it back up the wet. This mad city's not a game, easy, quiet, on set. Fire student of the past, trailblazing the day. Not acknowledging a trend of swept up in a phase. We still the highest of commodity grades, and you can get it, get it, get it, get it, get it today.
his duffel bags full of produce. Got more customers than Doc Seuss. Took a shot, killed the great goose. In the big apple where Pox made juice. At the vet, with the chia pet. Money grow long, cause we keep the leaves wet. Dismount, dismount, reset, reset. the Jim Brown, stuck in the neck. Got honey on the moon, that's my Beijing. I hit the shot from the key three offspring. Put on your thinking caps and decoded rings. You just broke a leg, I broke a legacy. Don't play. I'm taking 